This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. In our final live show from our Keen studio for this week. Because uh, as of tomorrow night, you'll be hearing Free Talk Live broadcasting live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival for an extended stay. Uh, we were just going to do Thursday through uh, Thursday through Saturday, but now we're doing Wednesday through Saturday. And uh, Sam, you're coming up uh, tomorrow, so I am. you'll be there for it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There are the Porcupine Freedom Festival is a blast. I'm looking forward to being there, and uh, we're going to tell you more about that as uh, as uh, the show goes on here tonight. Of course, the toll-free number, and you'll hear a lot more about it in the next four shows this week, 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number here. Uh, You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. Last night, I want to continue a discussion that we barely had a chance to uh, scratch the surface on, and that was the parking ticket, what I I called non-cooperation, and I think that's something we should focus on. Parking tickets. Uh, we've we've had some success here in New Hampshire, uh, specifically the Keene area, with activists refusing to go along with the parking ticket scam. And I called it non-cooperation, and you said during the break you didn't think it was, and I think you, you might be right about that, Mark, it, because it is technically inside the system. Let's explain first what, uh, what transpired. Last night, you told uh, the listeners that you at one point had tried to go downtown to go to some breakfast, but you didn't have any change for the meters, and so you just said, screw it, and you went to uh, like some a chain rest- restaurant that had a parking lot, so you didn't have to pay for the parking there. And so basically the downtown merchant lost out, and uh, who knows how much business those folks are losing out because of the city's awful uh, parking restrictions. And, and this happens everywhere. Anywhere there are parking meters or restrictions where there's a certain you know, maximum amount of time that you can park that's run by the city, uh, it, just, it just doesn't work very well. But the city thinks so because it gets to send its agents around and collect cash from people, uh, leave tickets, uh, which I consider to be trash, on my car, unwanted uh, papers on my car window, debris. Yeah, debris, and uh, and you know, and most people obediently pay it because well, they're they're scared, right? I mean, it's the government. The government's a scary group of people, and you know, they They'll might take hurt your you. car if you don't uh, if you don't pay it at some point, right? There is that possibility, and uh, they did jack Sam's car, but that oh, yeah. wasn't over a parking ticket. Was no, no, it, it was. Uh, apparently, once you get to a certain number in this city, then they will actually just tow the car. There you go. Well, so they will kidnap your car until you pay them their money. Is that true? Because I've also heard that uh, that if it goes over ninety days, they're supposed to wipe it off the. No, apparently the that's been uh, repealed or whatever, over overturned. They in can a do later whatever they want, case. right? Because, that's true. You know, so, they're the government. And they can change the rules. You can go to the chief, like I did. We went and saw uh, Chief Miola here in Keene and talked to him about the towing of my car as required by law. Uh, you know, he's supposed to explain the reasons as to, you know, why they towed the car. Instead, he basically wanted to know what I objected to and uh, found me guilty anyway, and then said that I said stuff on the record that was off the record and just turned it into a real mess. So, However, what if you were to have challenged the ticket? What if it were to have gone to court? Because this is the, the path that Mark took. You took the path of ignoring it. Yeah. And it built up to the, the maximum fine. 
I also chose that path. I chose the path of ignoring it. Then I sent them a letter when they sent me the first threat. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they sent me something uh, besides the first ticket, I sent them a letter back saying, well, prove my obligation to pay and, and I'll, I'll happily pay it for you, which they never did. They took me to court. I went to court. You sat up there with me. The video of it was posted at freekeen.com. It's on the YouTube channel, the Freekeen YouTube channel. And uh, we asked a bunch of questions, didn't really get any uh, responsive answers, and they kind of railroaded me through the trial, and then the, uh, the, the robed man said he would take it under advisement, and the court was done for the day. And I've never heard anything. Now, I did change addresses within that period of time, so I haven't gone to check the court's file to see if anything was put in there, but I, I, I've changed addresses, and they sent something to my old address, and it made it to me. Mm-hmm. So I have no reason to believe that this other, whatever it was they sent, had they sent something, wouldn't make it to me. So basically, I don't know what happened in uh, my parking ticket uh, trial. Uh, Mark, you ended up being found nothing because you never even made it to trial. No process. Yeah, they just uh, they dropped the charges, essentially. Um, After trying to make you sweat it out, though, right? Because you went, I guess you, you I mean, went in for. Uh, you, I was I had no intention of sweating at all. But well, there's no sweating for them. I mean, for them, it's just another day at the office, and this time they're at court instead of the. No, I mean sweating station. for Mark. Well, yeah, but but you see that it's nothing. It's no extra work for them. Mark's going to have to come in and show up, and then they can decide what they're going to do right then. And it's no different than if you know than anything else no i'm not saying anything about them what i'm saying is that the way they'll do it if they're going to drop charges they don't just drop it right off the bat what they'll do is uh mark went in and he he approached it differently than you and i he went and when he got the ticket he went right into the police station and said yeah i need a trial on this and so they wanted to ask a bunch of questions and see what they could do in order to prevent me from taking it to trial oh yeah they really wanted you to just like pay it right then right well Well, can we work this out well they yeah they just wanted they wanted to do what do or say whatever it um was that it took to uh get me to talk talk to them about it explain it or whatever and i'm just like you know i just want to take it to trial yeah and so they scheduled you the trial date at that point and so my point is that they'll make you wait until in some cases, the day of the trial, when they'll come up to you in court and say, "Okay, we're going to null process the charges," and then you've you've sure, sweated. But if, and, but if you didn't show up that day, then you'd be in you'd big trouble. You'd be a failure to appear. Sure. Um, and if you were nervous about what might possibly happen, as most people are when it comes to a governmental uh, encounter like that, and rightfully so, they'd be sweating it out. So that's what I meant when sweating oh, out. Like, oh my and God, you know what's going to happen here? I've got to put all this time in to prepare for this trial, and then yeah. and then they drop the charges. And you have to prepare for each specific charge and all of the case law. It's a lot of work, and it's ridiculous that they can just handle it this way, and it's just okay. Right. So, uh, Mark, you they scheduled the trial for you, but then they rescheduled it. That's right. Uh, so they, the, it occurred and it was months down the road. In November '09, and then they scheduled – the first trial was scheduled for uh, – I had to go into court about a month later, and mm-hmm. um, th- they scheduled a trial at that point six months after the offense so i mean this is the uh the terrible swift sword of justice cleaving to the the heart of the matter um they they you know they gave me six months off and then they extended that another two months and um so you're talking about eight to nine months after the offense occurred where uh, they gave me a ticket or uh, gave uh you know put a ticket upon my wife's car and then gave me a trial for a um an, an offense on a car, vehicle i was not registered uh <laughs> to even be on so i mean this is the the kind of uh, Keystone Cops bullcrap that they uh, that they they do, and I suspect it goes on everywhere like this. The well, the statute or the right to a fair and speedy trial in New Hampshire means nine months, so it's no coincidence mm-hmm. that you said six months and then two more, and then they had to 
either do take it to trial or drop it and that they ended up dropping it right and my contention is is that people pay these tickets voluntarily in order mm-hmm. to not have to uh, go and, and deal with them because i don't think that they can prove that you parked that car i don't think they have to well i i don't care what you think pal who's dealing with the ticket and who's not I don't know what you mean by that. I've you, dealt with you one, would, you've dealt with one, we've all dealt with them. Yeah, well, I, I don't have to deal with it. I mean, mine mine got null prost. I mean, you had to go to court on yours. Right, right. Well, what I'm saying is, by their own rules, it, they may not have to prove anything. It, if it was the car registered in your name, which you're saying it wasn't. You're how are you was, going to charge a... Uh, I mean, how are they going to charge the vehicle? How are they going to charge, gonna the, charge owner? the owner of the vehicle? The owner, gonna, the owner be, of the vehicle? They have to prove that the owner committed some kind of I offense. I don't think so. I, I don't think that's the case. Now, if you actually look at their own their own rules, it may say something to the effect that... Uh, in fact, I did look at their own rules, and I, I don't want to argue their rules because it's, it's their interpretation that matters and not mine. Uh, but my interpretation of what I saw was that basically there is no not even an obligation in their rules that says that when you park at a meter, you have to put money in it it the only thing that it says in their rules and check your local ordinances on this one because a lot of them are written similarly is that if you put money into the meter and it expires then you're in violation but if you Mm -hmm. don't it doesn't say anything about if you park in a meter you have to put money in it it just says if you put money in the meter and it expires you're in violation so it doesn't say anything about who gets charged i think they can charge whoever they want to charge with it and it's likely going to be the owner of the vehicle so you had success uh, with that, Mark. Uh, I I don't know if I've had success yet. I'm un, undetermined. Say I'm not so much success, I guess, in, in your corner. They, no, but I think I have one more ticket, and I would like to take it to trial. Oh, good, good. We should do that then. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Is it non-cooperation? I want to talk about that here as well, because uh, I'm a big fan of non-cooperation. I kind of feel like this should be, but maybe it's not. It's Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their sites. We give ours away. Freetalklive.com. And the webcam is available for you, and it is available tonight and is probably not going to be available tomorrow because we'll be live on location from the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and the webcam is permanently mounted here in our studio. But when it is on, you can enjoy it at cam.freetalklive.com, and when it's off, there's still audio available at cam.freetalklive.com. So even if the cam itself is not active, you can still actually still hear uh, whatever is on the the, uh, Liberty Radio Network at lrn.fm. And the cam is brought to you by our friends at MemoryDealers.com. By the way, the cam also built into the same page as our chat room, so you can not only watch and listen, but you can also interact with other listeners. And it's all free. MemoryDealers.com is covering some of the costs, though. They're offering the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, ZenPaks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, 
Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. In stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery, that's MemoryDealers.com. So we've been talking about the uh, the tickets here in uh, New Hampshire. The activists, of course, as you know, uh, liberty activists coming here as part of the Free State Project. They're getting active in various different ways. Some of them are doing politics. Some of them are doing outreach. Some of them are creating media. And some of them are doing non-cooperation and civil disobedience. And we're talking about uh, the not paying uh, these tickets, not being so obedient as to just go ahead and, okay, I got a ticket, and then going in and, and handing over your hard-earned money to these bureaucrats, making them do a little bit of work for it and saying, in your case, Mark, you said, uh, I'll take this to trial instead. And so they thought they were going to make you sweat it out, right. but you and weren't sweating it out. this isn't about being right or being wrong uh, or anything like that, because a lot of people will pay the ticket because, oh, I was wrong. The um, the question that I have here is is you know I think that their system is broken and I don't want to participate in your broken system whether I was right or whether I was wrong and in, in uh, my vehicle being parked in this in this particular slot um, at you know at, at this particular time I, that's that's not the issue here the issue is is that I think that um, their system dissuades people from coming downtown whether the merchants believe it or not that doesn't matter <laughs> you know I, mm-hmm. I think it does dissuade people and I think it uh, I, th- I think it's a broken system and I don't want to give extra money to this uh, government that I see growing all the time. I believe that it's growing because people voluntarily give it money. All right. Well, look, Mark, they pulled the parking meters out and people were parking there all the time, leaving their cars there all day. So clearly we have to have parking meters. Because the only solution could possibly be a parking meter, right? Well, the people want to be able to, you know, come in and find a spot downtown. Am I one of the people? Are are you saying that, you know, people shouldn't be able to park downtown and go to any of the stores? I'm one of the people, and I say that I don't want parking. I don't want the this other uh, inefficient uh, the majority. system. The majority I, wants it. I, uh, really? There was a poll taken on this? No. Some the people, some went people to the city council meeting. told some politicians, yeah. and the politicians got that reading because obviously some people wouldn't come and say, hey, I want the parking tickets, uh, the parking meters to stay out of there or whatever. And I don't think that, I don't know what the best solution is. That's not my job. Um, I, I, I believe I have a better solution nobody cares what it is but that's um you know I, that doesn't mean that i'm going to participate in their system i'm not dying to give them money i'm not gonna right and i think it from from my perspective it comes from just the matter of principle is that they're a criminal gang and they aggress against people and i will do everything i can to deprive them of as much uh as much money as possible and so uh, they want to demand money from me. They're going to have to do everything they possibly can to get it. And in that case, I won't give it to them. I'll, I'll do everything I can besides give them the money. I'll give the money to charity uh, if they'll let me get away with that, or I'll just go to jail. And, um, you know, those are the things I'm willing to do. So let's go to the phones and to the fun. Neil is on the line in New Hampshire. Neil, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hello. Yes, I'm uh, calling from wonderful Sullivan County, Um and back in uh, November, I went, it should be noted that in New Hampshire, one of the things they do is that on your birthday month, they require you to register and get your cars inspected. So basically, you get penalized during your your, uh, your birthday month. So it's a wonderful birthday present. Now, why? How did you get required to do that? When did the obligation get created for you? Well, I, I'm just saying, if you want their little stickers and their tags and so on, oh. I know you're, you're going to quibble. You're going to quibble on the uh, on some of the particulars. I'm just saying, if you have a tag and, okay. and your car is registered in New Hampshire, that they they make you do that during your birthday month. 
And for various reasons, um, uh, mostly monetary, I didn't have enough money to get my car uh, inspected, which is a complete waste of time and money anyway, and it doesn't have anything to do with safety. And I was caught, oh my God, uh, driving without my proper inspection sticker. And uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't have the money to, to get it. What happened is, is if you get an engine light on, uh, you can't pass inspection. An engine light uh, usually means that your catalytic converter is saying there's something wrong. And that always means at least $1,000 you have to pay. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with the car. Anyway, so I get stopped later, and it turns out that uh, they, they supposedly sent me a form, uh, which, by the way, the law says, shall have been presumed to have been delivered in three years. Or, I'm sorry, three, three days, excuse me. And uh, I, don't, I never recall getting that form, and that form also tells me that they not only did they suspend the registration, but they also suspend your license. So I got arrested and uh, got oh to uh, visit, visit the uh, Sullivan County, uh, I should say the Newport Police Station. So, um, and, and I'd like to people, um, you know, people don't, you know, they think this inspection thing. So, so well, yeah, it's so important. Uh, by the way, we didn't have them in Florida. Yeah, I didn't have them in Florida, and the car and the roads weren't littered with uh, broken down vehicles. But this is the uh, this is sort of the the outcome here is. You got thrown in jail for driving on a suspended license, which sounds like well, you're a bad driver, right? Well, no, you got tossed in jail for not having an inspection sticker. Right, and also they, they, uh, the way they inform you is, is there's no way. Like if I sent a, a piece of mail to the court and it didn't arrive, there is no shell have been presumed to have arrived in three days. But if they send me a piece of mail, supposedly it, it's arrived in three days. And, of right. course, I never received it. And, uh, and so I'm driving on a suspended license. And, and so, uh, so anyway, I, I get all the, my paperwork done, and I, I get the car. I had to borrow money to get the car repaired, even though, again, the uh, there was nothing wrong with it, and uh, it, it, lots and lots of expenses and so on and so forth as far as getting the, my little plastic stickers and so on. But I went to court twice, once for an arraignment. I didn't even know what it was called at the time. I just I thought I'd done everything. I had my license back, um, but it turns out to be an arraignment, and then, of course, I, I pled. Well, I thought I didn't know what this was, so I'm pleading not guilty. At the same time, they also added another charge because the, the arresting officer screwed up the paperwork, and he had two different, uh, two of the same exact charge instead of one. Uh, but so they modified it right there. I objected. They said, "Well, this is, we do this all the time." And I said, "Well, I still object because you know this is the arresting officer. He's the one that's supposed to be adding and tacking on charges. If anybody is, he's not even here today." And so. Long story short, I go again back in the first week of June, uh, and they they take you. The, the arresting officer wasn't there; he went on vacation, and so I knew that I had an advantage at that point. But even then, they still have this whole procedure where the judge talks to the prosecuting uh, trooper. Is it just another trooper in uniform with mm-hmm. a gun, with sure. a walkie-talkie in the base and everything, sitting there? He's, he's the guy who's the. Prosecutor. Are you telling me that a man walked into the courtroom with a gun? <laughs> yes, yes. There he was, didn't gun down the judge. <laughs> well, no, they knew each other very well. Actually. Oh yeah. So yeah. they take me, into, they take me to this little windowless room, oh. and uh, he's ta- he's talking to me, and we never sit down. Uh, he's, tra- he's he's being very affable and very very. Uh, Tell you what, we'll get you, we'll get the rest so of the story on. here in a moment. Hang on, more with Neil uh, in a moment. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's free talk live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam joining us from ObscuredTruth.com. Head over there, see some of his uh, excellent video work. He has been busily chronicling some of the uh, the liberty activism that's been going on up here in New Hampshire and uh, in other places as well. One of his uh, more popular videos is of him in the Detroit airport versus the Detroit TSA. <laughs> Definitely a must-watch. Head over to ObscuredTruth.com. You'll see more of Sam and his videos there. And our website is freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Uh, and by the way, uh, coming up here tomorrow, we're going to start the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Uh, we're going to start the Porcupine Freedom Festival live broadcast. We're going to be doing it for the rest of the week. And it's going to be a lot of fun. The Pork Fest is happening officially from Thursday through Sunday. There will be a lot to do. Everything from family style events to uh, you know to, to parties, uh, more adult uh, style events, and so it's going to be a really good time. It's uh, basically a camping affair where we're ha- we're hanging out at Rogers Campground. It's right next to the White Mountains in northern New Hampshire. Very beautiful location, but the people are the real draw. The over 550 people last time I looked were current were uh, registered for it. Maybe it's gone up to 600 by now. I haven't looked in several days. Uh, rumors have it that there may be as many as a thousand people turning out in general. Just Jeez. because liberty-minded, a lot of liberty-minded people don't really like to register for things. Some of them are real privacy uh, advocates, and uh, they don't even like giving up their personal information to other activists. So we, we don't know really what to uh, expect, but it's already shaping up to be the biggest Porcupine Freedom Festival of all time. People are coming in from all across the country. The marketing's been great. Huh? Yeah, and around the world as well. I just got off the phone with Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land. He's going to be there giving a presentation, an eight-hour class. Uh, you want to talk about courts? You want to talk about judges and uh, the, the court judicial madness in this country? Mark Stevens is the guy to, uh, to talk to about it and strategies and all that. He'll be going over that. Plus, uh, there's just going to be so much. Uh, Gary Johnson, former governor of New Mexico, is going to be there, and he'll be moderating a, a drug war debate. So uh, you can see all that. Uh, get all the details as to what's happening at porkfest2010.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T 2010.com. One of the things that's going on there is uh, Thursday and Friday of this week at, at Porkfest, the Appleseed Project will hold uh, their two-day marksmanship training. Not only will you learn about the uh, correct firing positions, proper use of a sling, the six steps to uh, firing the shot, the natural point of aim, the rifleman's cadence, and how to adjust your sights, but you'll learn all kinds of Revolutionary War history and about our unique his heritage as Americans. Walk-ons are okay. Look for directions at Roger, at the Rogers uh, Campground office. And the shoot starts at 8.30 a.m. each day, so they're taking it pretty serious there at, uh, with the Appleseed shoot. All right, let's continue here. Uh, we have Neil on the line in New Hampshire. Neil, you're telling us we've been, we've been talking about uh, parking tickets 
and uh, and and saying no basically to them. And you've got kind of your own story. It's not about a parking ticket necessarily, but uh, it's about the, uh, the 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 whole register your car or else thing. And uh, they sent you a letter that uh, they believed that you'd received, but you hadn't received it. And it doesn't matter whether you received it or not. In actuality, what matters is they put it in the mail. Uh, so if the mailman loses the letter, then you're responsible apparently for that. And so they decided to suspend your driving privileges. And you got uh, were you were you pulled over when you were arrested? Oh yes, I was uh, driving uh, under the speed limit and very safely. And uh, they they you know, pulled me over because I didn't have uh, my uh, my little sticker. Because it's not uh, about what? safety; it's about obedience and it's about cash. And you hadn't right. uh, given them the money that they were demanding, so they dr- uh, drug you into court over it. Uh, and you were just telling us the story that uh, they had. The, I guess the cop who had really originally charged you wasn't there, uh, so you were dealing with another cop, and they pulled you into a windowless room to negotiate. Right, and and basically, uh, I already I already knew that I was an advantage because the uh, trooper didn't show up, and the New Hampshire Constitution says you're allowed to uh, to interrogate your accuser. Um, Anyway, he 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 offered right off the bat uh, no fines, which it could have been uh, between six and seven hundred dollars in fines. Um, as and he would it'd be something called a non-finding if I was quote good unquote for six months, meaning I didn't get in any traffic problems. Well, that kind of ticked me off right there, and I and I basically pressed him, and we did a little it's a fair amount. We were in there about twenty twenty five minutes talking about this, and finally I just said, look, I I just want to I want to go to court. And uh, so we went and he, he said at the last second, okay, well, what if I said we should dismiss the charges? And I said, okay, I guess that'd be fine. Um, no. I'll say, I'll say that as a, no, don't dismiss them. No, I, I, it's just, a, you know, what are you going to say to that? What, what would you say if right, I well, said we judge, could dismiss the judge, the judge did ask me that, but let me, let me tell you what I assumed that if the trooper showed up that I would lose. But I wanted to bring up a couple things in court. Uh, one is that there's no injured party. Uh, nobody was injured. Nobody was threatened, and so We've had on. people by, do that before. Not... They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I understand. I just right. wanted the credit. But I also had a, a due process issue, meaning that if if you know, the, the statute actually says that the letters are mailed and shall have been um, received in three days, and I had proof in my hand directly related to the case. I won't go into that right now. That letters don't necessarily get mailed and, and received in three days. Um, it was directly pertinent to the case because the uh, the state asked to uh, continue, and I didn't receive it for almost 17 days. Hmm. So it's clear I, you know, I I would like to have set a precedent about this whole um, garbage about uh, the things shall have been presumed to have been arrived in three days. But they dropped uh, the charges, one, right? Yeah, a well, couple more couple more things, and then I'll get off the phone here. Uh, one is is I sat there waiting for my case. They they don't give you an exact time. There was a there was a lady that was going 95 in a 65 zone. Her fine was smaller than my fine would have been for not having my papers in order. Hmm. Another Just shows one their is their priorities. There was, yeah, there's also there's 19 cases that were up that you know, I had to sit through waiting for my case. Only two pled not guilty. Um, I was yep. one of those two. I'm and surprised it was people, that many. Right after the guy, sorry. I said I'm surprised it was that many out of the 19. Well, it's just me and another guy. What was what the other thing that offended me is uh, that all of the as he as he uh, uh, suspended driving privileges and uh, fined people over a thousand dollars. They all, to a man except for me, thanked the judge. Oh, Thank you, Your Honor. And finally, please as may I have another table? 
Right, right. So as that's the, finally, the last thing is, as I'm standing at the table, you're not really allowed to sit. As I'm standing, there's a there's a sticker on the table to the uh, to the right that says, "The judge, you know, you, you shall stand when the judge comes in," and so on. The judge shall be uh, addressed as Your Honor. <laughs> you shall be standing. And I made it a point not to call the judge Your Honor. Good. I always called him Judge. So. I guess I was being an accidental activist there. Yeah, I, I don't use that term either. Uh, and it, it, Mark, you would point out that it, like a Quaker would never say something like that, right? Well, you, you, it's, it's a title, and Quakers don't uh, you know look at one person over another. So, yeah, you really can't do that. Hey, Glenn, thanks for the sharing the story. Glad you decided to uh, stand up for yourself. If only the 19 people had had the same level of courage, or the other 18, or 17, rather, had had the uh, same level of courage that you did, then things could really start to change. And I think that's one of the points of this conversation, and thank you for the call tonight. Uh, one of the points of the conversation is to encourage people, and Mark, you posted a blog post over at freekeen.com about this, a guest blog post, uh, encouraging people to not pay these tickets. To You get a parking ticket, don't pay it. Go ahead and challenge it. Make them schedule a court date and then uh, see what they do. If the worst case, if you want to not go all the way, because I think, I think it is non-cooperation because you're not going along with what they want. Yeah, I agree. They, it's, they, it's, it's standing up and saying no but in it's one still in the system, another. Right. I mean, it's still, in, it's still an in-the-system thing because it's an option. You, you know, in their system, you still have the option to go to a trial. They could change the rules and make it so you don't have any options I'd anymore. like to point out for people that think I'm a miserly skin flint or whatever for dealing with this, that I offered to the prosecutor to pay $50 to a local um, charity you did. in order not to pay a $5 parking ticket. Oh, I didn't know that part of the story. I did. I mean, I made the offer, and he didn't take me up on it. Huh. So, um, now, I... I don't. He sort of acted like he didn't have the power to do it. This is the prosecutor, right? <laughs> he he like could he take could, it to the judge. He could do whatever mm-hmm. he wanted to do. He didn't feel like doing yeah. it, uh, you know, wandering over there. And you know, I, I felt like I was I'm absolved from any kind of uh, I usually skin flintiness. I wouldn't make an offer like that until I was found guilty. That's, I just felt like doing it. Right. That's when I would make that offer, though, because I sure as hell won't pay them the money. 800-259-9231. Then they look bad if they turn it down, because then they've said we want this from you, or else. And then they look bad if they turn down the, uh, the offer to the charity. More coming up here. Uh, non-cooperation, your calls, Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features for free. And if you uh, are enjoying the website, there's a lot more to explore. If you haven't gone through the entire thing, uh, make sure you take a look at the wiki. There's a whole lot there, over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to uh, wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. You can edit virtually anything you see there, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Uh, so you can bring up absolutely anything here. Again, the toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Uh, We're talking about non-cooperation, and I'm a big fan because I think that the, uh, the, the only way this government is really going to change is if people stop going along with the program. And it's one thing to say, well, you know, you got to work within the system. Okay, fine, fine, work within the system, but do this too. 
you you can also non-cooperate, and that's also working within the system because working within the system doesn't have to mean doing everything they tell you to do. Oh, well, we've given you a parking ticket, so now you've got to pay it. Well, no, no. How about instead you schedule a trial, and then if I'm found guilty, I'll uh, maybe pay your parking ticket, or maybe I'll just go to jail, or maybe I'll offer to pay money to charity or something like that. So it is working within the system. You know, over the last few months, Bradley Jardis has posted uh, three or four articles that have made the local papers about prosecutors who are overloaded with cases. Mm -hmm. The uh, judicial system is out of money. Apparently, they're in some kind of fight with the legislature because the the courts made them give back the $100 million of medical malpractice insurance that they stole out of that fund in order to pay bills now because the Mm. government's broke. And so, so the government's uh, eating itself. They're basically. trying, yeah. They're the the legislature is sort of starving them off and and forcing them to do this. And then at the same time, you know, people are uh, are free staters are here saying no, forcing them to take things to trial. I mean, they have twelve cases just here in Keene from the uh, the arrest uh, at the out at the jail. Right, and this is I believe the judicial system. The, the uh, you know this is the legal system entirely. Cops prosecutors, judges, the whole thing is they're way too ready to take you to to you know to, to trial in order to extract money from you. Well, and, it normally works. And, and and you know, they'll give you a piece of paper if you send the money in, it's it's very easy for them. And I believe that they should be there just to handle situations where one person harms another. Absolutely. If if the person who's harmed can't afford to take them uh you know, take the person to to trial, that's fine. You know, I think that the legal system should be able to represent them or whatever whatever but um currently they're out there spending most of their time doing fundraising mm-hmm. fundraising with guns on their hips they've got a and whole division for the parking tickets immoral mm-hmm. and that's I, I you know working within the system's fine i'm all for it but the system is immoral when you don't walk think in, <laughs> that don't think it's not when you walk into the police department in Keene, New Hampshire, there are three windows. There's one window for the operations where they're the dispatchers there and you can talk to them about whatever. And then there's another window where it's kind of like the secretarial window where you can you know do administrative things. And then there's another window that says parking. So literally one third of the entire entry area is devoted to a window where they are literally just taking cash cha-ching, from people cha-ching, all cha-ching, day cha-ching. long. Yeah. And, and I believe this to be true that they don't even make it into the black. Even with no, all of don't. the money they get rolling in from those parking tickets they don't even cover the amount that the bu- the budget is for their department that's, i've heard that over and over but mark you're saying that's a fact yeah, that, that that's what i've heard over and over yeah, i don't too. know if it's yeah, true it makes perfectly good seen sense that to in me. the budget i don't know i don't know i, I don't know how to, that to read conclusion. that crap I, i've looked at that before and i'm like no i can balance my checkbook but reading that <laughs> that stuff, thing's uh, as thick as a phone book yeah. i think are the most phone books so, so yeah, it's inside the system, but it is non-cooperation at the, at the same time, and it's so powerful because it was like, uh, like uh, our caller earlier, Neil said, he was in that court, and 19 people were there, and 17 of the 19 pled guilty. If they'd actually had to do work for the other 17 cases, if, if it were more often that people were saying not guilty, or actually if you refuse to, uh, to put in a plea, which I don't ever plea, I just because I don't want to consent to their system. So if you refuse to plea, they have to put a not guilty in for you. Uh, so if you go to not guilty and you schedule the trial, it loads the system up. They'll have to drop the charges because there's nothing else they can do at that point. And I think because the law has, they, they've set the precedent for themselves that, well, speedy trial means nine months, that they have gotten so lazy 
because they've been, oh, we got nine months to handle this, that they've just sort of let the sort of backlog build up and, and churn over. And now they have, they're, they're so underfunded and, uh, you know, they've got so many cases and they take so long to schedule. They only have so many court dates, so many courthouses that they, they just can't handle it. And if people start saying no, it's going to cause major problems and they, they just can't ha- hold all of these well, trials. Their system exists and depends on mass obedience. If if 99% of people are obedient to them and do whatever it is they demand and pay whatever fines they're demanding of them, the system will work. But as soon as a few right. people start as to say 90, no, uh, but 2% say no, yeah, then then it just over. clogs it up and then they have to find something new. And that's that's how evolution works. This is a dinosaur. This uh this oh this court gosh. system is something from the past that has been uh, you know, warped into a monster and it needs to be beaten back and they don't this is even the only use way to do email it. they don't even use email yeah you have to you have to actually <laughs> physically deliver something or, or fact maybe fact maybe they'll accept mm-hmm. the facts yeah uh, which is what 1989 technology basically yeah. let's continue with your phone calls uh let's talk to lyle listening in montana lyle you're on free talk live hello there hey, hey how you guys doing today hey, lyle, what's on your mind tonight well, I've actually got two uh, non-compliant stories to tell you. One dealt with me about 25 years ago in California, and one was with my daughter here in Montana about five years ago. Let's do the five-year one first because we're, sh- we're short on time. Uh, the, the one five years yeah, ago? it's newer. Okay, my daughter was with a friend, and they got pulled aside in a Shopco store for shoplifting. Oh, no. And uh, they searched both girls and didn't find anything on them. So there was basically no shoplifting that happened. And I got a letter from Shopco, and they wanted $100 for their time and pain and suffering. Because they made a mistake? (laughs) I basically told them to go screw themselves. I wasn't going to pay them any money. There was, you know, never any charges brought. Mm Mm-hmm. Then the county attorney said, well, we're going to prosecute your daughter for shoplifting, even though they didn't find anything. Wow. So I, I had to go down, and the county attorney was screaming and yelling at these kids in the hallway of the courthouse. I mean, literally screaming your at them. Your kids or know, other like, kids? Uh, my kids. Okay. My, my daughter and the other girl, you know, they were mm-hmm. threatening them with perjury and this and that. You know, they already had statements from both girls stating that they didn't steal anything. They didn't find anything on them, but they were going to prosecute them anyway for shoplifting, even though, you know, nothing happened. There was no evidence of any shoplifting, and they were going to, they were threatening them with perjury mm-hmm. for lying, you know. It's like, well, but... We haven't lied. You yeah, haven't proven <laughs> that they lied. Well, they can threaten all and, they want. You know, I was just standing my ground telling them, you know, uh, you know, you shouldn't really be screaming like this in yeah. the hallways. People were people were looking like, yeah. what the hell's going That's on? That's when you pull you out know? the video camera and uh, start rolling tape on them. Yeah, it was really kind of hilarious. But, you know, they, they did drop all the charges. And, you know, mm. basically my daughter had to agree not to go into Shopco for six months. <laughs> well, that's fine. I that mean, was, it's their business. They can ban her for whatever reason they want to. I mean, that, oh, yeah. that's you know, okay. I mean, that, was, that wasn't a major problem at all. So, so you, you know, so they I, you dropped know, the you charges. Stand your ground against these people and and make them prove 
you know, what they're threatening Right, because normally they don't have to prove anything. In the, in the 17 out of the 19 cases that Neil was talking about earlier, they didn't have to do anything. They just wrote out a piece of paper. Some guy in a uniform with a badge wrote something on a piece of paper, and then some other guy calling himself the prosecutor intimidate. The whole thing is just a process in, to intimidate people into turning over their hard-earned money to these, these vultures. Exactly. It, it's all done on intimidation. A few years back, I read an article from somebody, I don't know who wrote it or whatnot, but he said basically the only reason you ever get convicted of anything in the courts is because you agree to it. Most of the time. I mean, there are the occasions where they will actually, you know, bring somebody in who's hurt somebody else and then justice could be done. I'm talking a a non-tort case. You know, a tort case is where somebody actually has damages. Mm Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, anything else, the only reason you get convicted is because you agree to it. You know, a traffic offense or jaywalking or, you know, Absolutely. anything like that. You over know? and over again. What was this? There was another statistic thrown out about the New Hampshire court system where I think it was one of the lawyers up here said something to the effect that, you know, 90, 90 plus percent of uh, the cases are just plea bargains. They're just plea bargains. The system's already breaking down. I think that's the down. way it is everywhere. Yeah, and that is the way it is everywhere. Yeah. The system is already breaking down. It only will take a little push for it to just go completely bye-bye. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And I'm like you, Mark. If we're going to have this violent monopoly, and it probably will be around for a while, I'd at least rather have them focusing on something important like real crimes. Uh, more coming up here, and, and non-cooperating can help make that happen sooner rather than later. Hour two's coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up what you want, 800-259-9231, that's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231, you can join us online at freetalklive.com, we give you the features for free, so enjoy those, and that's freetalklive.com, tonight it's Ian, and Sam, and Mark. All right, so you can dial in about anything, 800-259-9231. Uh, did we lose? Yeah, we did lose Mark. Okay, so we had uh, we had somebody from Brazil on the line. Maybe he'll call back. All right, so coming up here uh, tonight, there's a lot to talk about. Man, we barely even scratched into uh, the the show prep uh, tonight. And, of course, our listeners are Johnny on the spot to go to freetalklive.com su- suggesting show prep for us. I spotted this there last night. It's probably still on the front page. Cigarette tax will mean $10 packs, according to myfoxny.com. 
$10 or more for a pack of cigarettes? It might soon become a reality in many stores in New York City. The cigarette tax in New York will jump $1.60 a pack under a deal struck between Governor David Patterson and state government leaders. Boy, what a deal. Uh, The proposal is part of an emergency budget bill that the legislature approved Monday evening. Now, this is the same New York that just recently raised all kinds of taxes and and drove people out of the state because they just finally said to themselves, this is it, I can't take it anymore, they're they're just taxing me too much, I'm I'm going somewhere else uh, where I will be taxed uh, less. And so just after they have already had a budget emergency and, uh, you know, they had to emergency raise taxes here and there and everywhere else. Now they're raising taxes on cigarettes because, well, you know, it's easy to go after the smokers. And yeah. smokers are absolutely the, the new underclass and they're easy to go after. That's what I was wondering. What does the budget shortfall have to do with people who are smoking cigarettes? Well, well, well I mean, that's they, it. They'll pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least to a certain point, they will pay. Once it goes beyond a certain point, some of them will say to themselves, well, I'm just going to buy it from the guy in the street who isn't going to charge me the taxes because they're bringing it yeah. in by the truckload from Others North Carolina. I mean, and this, this has been shown time and again, and it's one of the reasons that people support cigarette taxes in general is that people will quit. Um, but what you have to kind of see there is is that... Well, some people won't, and when they don't, then you're essentially making this item a, bl- a black market or a gray market item mm-hmm. and failing to get what you want done. The smart smokers in New York probably already are, but uh, as, as, you know, the, the, the ones that are slightly dumber than the smart smokers at this point are going to be uh, going onto the websites and getting their cigarettes shipped in from North Carolina, South Carolina, these states that have uh, that, that make you know tobacco's big business and they have very low tobacco taxes. They're going to be uh, you know having them sent in there, and and they're risking getting in trouble for that because yeah. as you may recall, a few years ago we talked about there, there was big news. What probably four or five years ago now at this point, maybe three or four years ago, where New York passed another cigarette tax. And it was essentially bringing the cigarettes up from five bucks a pack to seven or seven or eight bucks a pack. Now it's ten. Uh, and so when that news hit, we talked about that when it happened. And the New York people were talking about how they were forming the New York government people were talking about forming what they called the cigarette interdiction squad or something like that. Yeah. Uh, where basically, like you've got all these drug investigators and in the the war on drugs, they were now creating a, essentially a special team to do investigation into people who were bringing cigarettes in from other areas of the country and selling them uh, without the tax stamps. That yeah, kind of out, out of the back of a truck uh, right. in an alley somewhere. That's exactly what they were doing, and you damn well better believe that the mafia is bringing in eighteen wheelers full of full of cigarettes. Oh yeah, and then they're they're selling them out to their so, you know, their, their foot soldiers on the streets, who are then selling them at you know whatever uh, the, whatever they can undercut the local uh, cost at. So if it's ten bucks a pack, that what does that break down to? Is that fifty cents a, a cigarette or something like that? Sounds it's like 20, it, yeah. isn't it twenty in a pack 20 of cigarettes? Pack, yeah. So yeah, I mean you could sell them for twenty five cents on the street, and you'd be you'd be at half the price of what they're selling them for. In but the, they'll sell them for- in the stores. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they will. So clearly the strategy to stopping the, the mob from gaining a foothold and making insane profits off of this whole thing is to outlaw cigarettes. And then, uh, you know, will they go there? It. Will they go there? Will they ever actually go that far and and really outlaw cigarettes? I mean, it's they're so hard to make believe, it isn't really it? really difficult to smoke anywhere is what they're really going to do. They're going to raise yeah, the prices. They've done that. They're going to raise the prices as much as they can possibly get away with. They'll they're find some that. kind of equilibrium, um, you know, in this in in the marketplace to some extent being, you know, the government and coercive agency that it is. They'll mm-hmm. they'll figure it out, you know, at what point is it 
just easier to you know leave the taxes at this level and they'll you know make it difficult for you to smoke a, uh, smoke anywhere you and, can't smoke in the car with kids you can't smoke at um you can't smoke at home if you're if uh if somebody else nearby can smell it you can't smoke in a restaurant for god's sakes i'm trying to eat you know they just make it impossible yeah they want to use it to uh control your behavior around kids and use it as an excuse well we need to come in and make sure that these kids in, in foster care are okay and then they extend mm. it out to the parents that you know their kids have been in trouble so there's a there's a justification for going in their house and just sort of snooping around making sure everything's okay that's a great point yeah we caught you smoking a cigarette in your car uh so therefore now we're going to send dcf over to your house to make sure your kids are in a safe living environment mm-hmm. uh yeah and and it's not we're not far away from banning people from smoking if they've got kids in their house i i i almost feel like that's happened already but i can't say because there have been so many crazy uh cigarette bans we just had one the other week from from uh uh, New York, as a matter of fact, one of the towns in New York banned cigarette smoking in the city parking lots, in the city park. Uh, in California, you can't smoke if you live in a duplex. So if if you're it, next it, door like neighbor. Like a place in California. It was a town. That That's true. This. Yeah, it was, it's, I think it's been now been a couple of places in California that has done this, where if you live in an apartment complex or a duplex, something where there's another attached uh, residence, you can't smoke there either. And so they're you're right. I think you're absolutely right. They're just going to make it more difficult, and they're driving people underground with this. Yeah, and and you know, there's a good portion of the public that supports this. This is what they want to see. If you uh, if you if you ask the public to vote on it, you'll find that you know somewhere between fifty and seventy percent of them support this. Some of them are smokers, actually. Yeah. They, they support Tell higher me taxes. What to do? You know, I I remember I I was I was out and speaking of Californicators and smoking, um, they. We were on a, a cruise, and my uncle smokes. And uh, there were a couple of people. Uh, there's a couple from California, and they were walking in front of him or b- behind him, with shoo, shoo, yuck, yuck, cigarettes, making a big deal, yeah, out making of it. a huge deal. They were outdoors. <laughs> yeah, you know, get in front, just go on. They could have gone away from him, right? I mean, yeah. they were on a cruise on a. Well, they weren't actually. This was a uh, you know out, an outing on the cruise, so this wasn't even on the boat. Where was it then? On the planet, you know, oh, on the land. Right. Okay, <laughs> got it. I'm sorry. You said cruise. I figured they were out on the way. I should have been clear. All right. So uh, so here's more detail, though. Uh, legislature approved the $1.60 increase on the state cigarette tax. That's now $2.75 a pack. So you know New York City's got their own tax. So it's going to be more expensive in New York City than anywhere else. And the vote will soon increase the cost of cigarettes in New York State from about $7.60 a pack to $9.20. In New York City, which has its own buck fifty tax, the price could jump to near $11. Patterson's bill would also double the tax on chewing tobacco and many other tobacco products. The yucky things. While finally taxing little cigars as much as cigarettes. By comparison, a pack... Because this is what was happening. Some people would switch to the little cigars. Um, the Cigarillos just, or whatever? Yeah, they're basically little, you know, cigarettes. And they would, uh, you know, use those instead. So, uh, let's see what else. Oh, by comparison, a pack of cigarettes sold in out-of-state border towns would range from about six forty-five to seven eighty-five, and more smokers might opt for tax-free packs sold by Indian tribes and smugglers. It's a punitive and regressive tax on those with addiction, argued a assemblyman, a Democratic assemblyman, whoever. He said people in his district will now make even more cigarette runs for their friends relatives and co-workers across the state line to pennsylvania and to two my uh, two nearby indian reservations he says it's an abuse of our taxing power but you know what 
it won't be long before they start doing sting operations on the uh, the border towns. I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen real soon uh, because it's what they do in Massachusetts, or they have done it. There was one year where they did it, one year where they stopped doing it. And I don't know if they're still doing it, but in New Hampshire, it's uh, legal to sell fireworks. In Massachusetts, yep. it's entirely illegal to possess a sparkler. Uh, so you, uh, and that's working, right? So people, well, maybe sparklers are legal, but everything else is illegal in uh, in Massachusetts. Yes, that's kind of, that kind of situation. And uh, so they actually put state troopers north into New Hampshire, and they sat there and they staked out the uh, the the fireworks stores, which are relatively close to the border for obvious sure, reasons. Uh, one guy sits in the parking lot, he radios in, okay, right. there's a blue sedan, yep. uh, you know, a blue Camaro leaving, uh, blah, 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 make sure you catch them. And they got guys at different roads, uh, you know, there's, there's only a couple yeah. of points of egress from the state, and they catch them. All right, 800-259-9231, are you a smoker? Do you support this stuff, uh, taxing cigarettes more? Do you realize what it is you're supporting? Do you understand what the unintended consequences will be? We can talk more about it, and you can take control and bring up anything. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Live. You can bring up what you want. Just take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are free. We give them away, the archives included. So you don't have to pay for a subscription. You just click and download. They're right there on the front page. In fact, you can get the whole last week of shows right there. And then if you click into the podcast, it goes back to early 2009, the very beginning of 2009. All free for you at freetalklive.com. Porkfest is already underway. Now, it technically doesn't start until Thursday. We're showing up a day early. Well, actually, Sam and I are. Mark, you're going to be a little late. you got some family stuff to take care of at uh, at the house. Maybe. Um, it's, It's hard to say. Okay, well, anyway. We're not yeah, expecting I, you to show up. God so, knows I'm not important here, right? It's all about Ian and, and, and all that stuff. It's about Porkfest <laughs> is what it's about. And we're going to be having all kinds of interesting guests on uh, from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. The, the format of the show changes a little bit during live events because, well, we're just – we're around people. So, I mean, Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in you can talk about anything. But when we're around hundreds of people, it's not hard to find people to come on the air and, and talk about stuff. So we tend to, to be a little more guest-oriented. But the phones will still be open. You can still call in. And we'll be live uh, here from the Pork Fest starting tomorrow night. It's going to be a lot of fun. One of the other things going on on Friday night, because you can come in, you can sit and watch Free Talk Live, you can socialize, you know, drink, whatever, while, uh, while you're enjoying uh, Free Talk Live in the company of, uh, of new friends, soon-to-be friends. 
afterwards on Friday night, the preview, the special sneak preview of Chartarum kicks off. The John Shaw motion picture brought to you by Think Twice Productions. And you can get your copy of the Porkfest only limited edition of the original soundtrack and the Porkfest commemorative beer mug Friday night. That's happening right after our show in the, uh, the TV room at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So the toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231 as we continue the story uh, from New York where it looks like, yeah, Albany has uh, new, new, I guess Albany's the, the capital of New York. Uh, they, they voted on uh, Monday to become the, the country's most expensive place to smoke. I thought they already were. What, what place uh, before now had higher taxes than New York? They're probably working on it, you know, like uh, places are competing for... Uh, California, maybe? Maybe California. Well, anyway, they are now in New York. With In New York City, the new prices, the new uh, do- $1.60 increase has brought prices up to possibly near $11 per pack. They're also bringing the little cigars, uh, the taxes there, on par with the cigarette taxes, so you won't be able to get away from the taxes by smoking the little cigars anymore. The only way to avoid these taxes is going to be to buy the cigarettes through black market dealers. And, well, that means that you don't really know what you're getting. I mean, this is the black market, so it may say Marlboro, but that doesn't mean that it is Marlboro. It might be a China brand that is uh, is masquerading as Marlboro. And so they may sell you a pack of Marlboros for $8, which will be, you know, three or four bucks cheaper than what you'd pay for at the at the store. But it you know, may not have been a Marlboro uh, pack that they actually bought. They might have uh, rolled in a, you know, or uh, taken a, a shipload of, of China brand uh, Marlboros. Maybe they won't be that bad, but I've heard uh, quality can range on those. Oh, maybe they won't have ammonia sprayed in the filters like the uh, Marlboro ones supposedly do. Really? Oh, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's, uh, uh, you, you think know, that's hocus pocus too. I don't know. What, what would the point of that be? Kill off smokers faster. Why would no, Marlboro no, no. want to do that? It makes it more addictive. Ammonia? A- apparently. I, Does I mean, nicotine this goes need back help? To the, uh, <laughs> I've heard that uh, uh, menthol cigarettes have uh, fiberglass in the filters. I looked it into it. There's cotton in them. Um, okay. you know, there's all kinds of, of, of hocus pocus. I do believe they put addictive stuff in cigarettes of to course. make them more addictive. Um, I think they put them in uh, Oreos, this too. This is admitted, though, because I remember reading uh, government documents on it, and they were talking about there was a show or something that was covering this issue, and they said, well, we don't know what would happen if we took this out, so we better just leave it in there. So now you're saying you 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 believe that this to be absolutely the case? I am you saw it somewhere pretty right? sure. Yes, like Maury Povich or something. No, like that? no, no, no. They, I think it was um, a documentary or something. Well, you'll have to fa- you'll have to back I'll, that. I'll one have up. to you'll find have to, it. I'll find it. I'll bring that one back. There is I I believe to be a lot of urban legends surrounding uh, smoking. And okay. I wonder if Snopes What's has it? it. I wonder if Snopes has this particular What's one. Like? Snopes is really good. By the way, for those that don't know, Snopes.com, a uh, great yeah. place to go to check the veracity of uh, what could be. And an urban legend. Or, Red cars or get more, uh, cost more in insurance. Oh, my insurance didn't ask what color my car was. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah. So you're going to turn this over to the black market, and then you really start getting questionable uh, cigarettes. You want to talk about uh, health risks? They're already a health risk. Who knows what kind of things the black market will come up with? I mean, you're likely going to get the right brand. You're, you know, if you if you get some reputable dealers, you know where the cigarettes are coming from. Like if you know they're coming from North Carolina, or heck, you could enter the business yourself. It's going to be a great opportunity uh, there in New York State to start making some money on the side. Right. Well, I think that this is true just about anywhere. And um, you know, 
so many of our listeners call in about agorism and um, that that sort of thing. I'm thinking, hey, now this is an opportunity for people to call themselves agorists. Absolutely, grow you know, tobacco far- plants. I mean, the, the the people that don't want to pay taxes on them aren't going to care as much about well, the flavor as but they tobacco- care. But look, that's fine, Mark. If you want to grow your own tobacco plants, and maybe I don't, I don't think the uh, the profit's really there to do that. I mean, if you're doing marijuana, then there's thousands of percentages of you profits. You can't go to you jail for this one, Ian. Oh yes, you can. They've got the cigarette interdiction squad in New York That's in State. New York. I mean, you. you oh, growing, I thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about to sell in New York. If if you, I'm. I'm you've got to go where the money is. If you're going to be a black market operator, you've got to go. If you're just talking about to, to make you to roll your own cigarettes, okay, that's I'm not, fine. I'm really talking about uh, you know places where agorists are people that would care about this kind of thing. Uh, agorists meaning people that want to stay out of the system and don't want to pay their money to the the government. I quit smoking. Because Barack Obama put a one dollar tax, or excuse me, forty cent tax on cigars, and I smoked cigars, so I decided I didn't want to give any extra money to the government to drop bombs on people they don't know. So I I quit smoking. Some people out there mm-hmm. do it for the very same reason. If you go to some place where there's a concentration of those people, say New Hampshire, yeah. you grow your own tobacco, then those people would be able to make their um, make different choices. Oh yeah, I, th- I think that's fine. I mean, if you want to grow your own tobacco for your own purposes, I was talking about selling it as a business opportunity. Sure. Like now, the, they are giving you an opportunity to make profit. If you live in New York or you live near New oh, York, yeah. go, you can just go uh, and buy packs and packs of cigarettes and then truck them in. Find somebody that you know in New York who can help distribute them for you and uh, be a little extra income for you every single month. As long as you don't get busted. Yeah, what's the big deal of uh, taking them from North Carolina to you know wherever the state with the lowest taxes are to the state with the highest? And It's not as risky. I mean, if you think about it, if you're, uh, if you're transporting marijuana from North Carolina to, uh, to New York, it's illegal all along the the way yeah. but if you're just transporting cigarettes then it's only illegal once you get to new york right and what are they going to do to you really i mean what's new york going to do well, maybe give you a that. fine i don't know it's a good question i we've never heard that story right i mean we we know that there's the cigarette interdiction squad that they have and i think they might just be in new york city i don't know if they're statewide it's been a while since we've heard them even mentioned it might be worth a, a look into to see if they're still out there and they're still active but that is a good question what happens, and maybe some of our New York listeners can answer this for us, what happens if you're in New York and you get popped for selling uh, cigarettes without the, uh, you know, the government's little permission slip? Is it just a fine, uh, or have they made it a little bit more draconian at this point? Because as, as they increase the prices of these cigarettes, more people will be driven to the black market, more people will be looking for them on the black market, more people will then respond to the demand and supply them in the black market, Meaning that uh, the government will take notice of that at some point, and they'll decide that they need to crack down. 1-800-259-9231. I mean, that was the point of them forming the cigarette interdiction squad in the first place, uh, was to crack down and to teach them a lesson. About.com confirms uh, ammonia in... We'll get it in a moment. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And the features include our Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. If you're uh, going to Porkfest this week on uh, Thursday and Friday... The Appleseed Project will hold their two-day marksmanship training. Not only will you learn all the correct firing positions, the proper use of a sling, the six steps of to firing the shot, the natural point of aim, the rifleman's cadence, and how to adjust your sights, but you'll learn all kinds of Revolutionary War history and about our unique heritage as Americans. Walk-ons are okay. Look for directions at uh, Rogers Campground Office. The shoot starts at 8.30 a.m. each day. If you're not going to go to Porkfest, you should take one of these Appleseed uh, Project uh, shoots anywhere. near you, right? Yeah, they're all over the United States, and they are great. So check oh, out. Appleseed what, website? Website? You Appleseed know, I, website? It, it wasn't on this uh, particular. Uh, it's appleseedinfo.org. Okay, very good. 1-800-259-9231. want to hear from you if you think it's a great idea to tax cigarettes even more than they're currently being taxed. Uh, because in New York City, that's what they're doing. They're bringing up the state tax by a dollar sixty, which is going to push the price of a uh, pack of cigarettes to around nine, $9.20 around most of the state. New York City, of course, has its own buck uh, fifty tax, so it's going to be well over $10.00. Uh, in New York City, and we know that the black marketeers are already in operation there. The article here points out that smokers might opt for tax-free packs sold by Indian tribes and smugglers. Uh, even some of the, the folks up there in New York in the, the assembly, as they call it. Right, and uh, I'd the, like to point out that it's a lot a lot easier for somebody who's a little more wealthy to go and get these packs from the, the Indian, uh, you know, the, the Indian reserves or whatever that mm-hmm. are just outside the city. And it's harder for somebody who's poor, you know, somebody who's living in Washington Heights or Harlem or something like that, doesn't have a car, just can't get out there. This it's harder for them. And so this is a tax once again on poor poor people. So, uh, but some of the people are actually, uh, they get it. Some of the people in the the government understand, of course, it didn't matter because they didn't win. Uh, Assemblyman Michael Benjamin, a Bronx Democrat, says he's concerned anytime the cigarette tax is raised because it promotes illegal sales and that funds criminals and terrorists who... He says, he says, want to harm our nation. And I'm pretty sure that most of the uh, people selling cigarettes just want to make some money. That's probably their motivation. Although it is true that in the war on drugs that some of the people at the higher levels could, could put money towards violence. That's uh, certainly a, a possibility. And if you have things being completely legal, then they operate in the, uh, the above-ground marketplace and you don't really have to worry about the local Budweiser distributor using that money to make some IEDs and, and set them off. Uh, legislators like George Maz- Maziars, a Niagara County Republican, predicted a clash of cultures and worries about violence when the state tries to collect cigarette taxes from Indian smoke shops. That goal, that's what he's worried about? The goal has eluded three previous governors and prompted threats of violence in the 1980s and 1990s, including the temporary closing of the state throughway through Indian land when it was blocked with burning tires and debris. J.C. Seneca. <laughs> the Indians are not going to be are not going to be messed with the war their cigarettes. That J.C. Seneca from the Seneca Nation. He told the Buffalo News, "It's an act of war." Uh, Seneca said, "Patterson, the governor, has chosen a path of controversy and confrontation, and he says if anything happens, it's on their hands." Jeez, wow. <laughs> that's a dangerous sounding man. <laughs> Well, I, I, can you blame him for being upset? <laughs> I, I don't know what I can. Or what happened to his ancestors? For at this point. 
the concern has delayed any enforcement for decades, even as New York lost an estimated hundreds of millions of dollars a year in revenue in stores near Indian land contended with a large price disadvantage. Meanwhile, the tribe successfully defended centuries-old national and state treaties that they said assured them that as a sovereign nation, they didn't have to pay state taxes. Wow, this has been going on all this time, and I hadn't even heard about it until now. That's pretty great. So the uh, the the Indians in New York, the, the political designation of New York State, have their own sovereign uh, territories. And this happens all over. They're basically saying, screw you to your uh, cigarette taxes, and they haven't collected cigarette taxes for the state of New York. That's pretty awesome. Or at least not it's all of thing. the taxes. I don't know how right. much of the taxes they're collecting. Maybe they're taking, taking some or uh, maybe none. Uh, that concern has delayed the enforcement. The governor would never enter into, into an agreement with an Indian nation unless it was in the best interest of the state and localities. And at this time, no agreements have been entered into, said Patterson spokes bureaucrat Morgan Hook. The governor will pursue a policy that respects the sovereignty of Indian nations while ensuring the collection of taxes from those who rightly owe them. Well, who does rightly owe the taxes? I'm just curious. Who, who is it? Is, is everybody except the Indians? Well, if that's the case, then we should have our own sovereign nation. And we're going to do that, as a matter of fact, here at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You know, it's, it's really kind of funny because, you know, these, you know, what makes an Indian an Indian? What makes the, the reservation theirs? You know, like this, it's all this, this thought process. Why can't I just say, hey, I'm sovereign? Mm-hmm. Why can't you? Why can't you have the land of Edgington and that, uh, that you would be the king? Of that land. Yeah, yeah. The king doesn't have a lot of power in the land. <laughs> the the edging, queen I does. Tell you that, right? <laughs> the, the, king the, the, the king gives speeches <laughs> and passes down decrees. The queen controls the checkbook. Senator Jeffrey Klein, Brock's Democrat, credits, uh, Pat, credited Patterson for striking a deal that would provide the state $160 million this year and $500 million to a billion in a, in a coming years, or a, excuse me, a year in coming years. We're asking hardworking, t- they're just asking. See, <laughs> you don't have to pay. They're just asking. We are asking hardworking taxpayers each and every day, each and every year to pay their taxes. Certainly, Native Americans shouldn't be excluded from that. It's been proven by the United States Supreme Court. That's all it takes, right? You know, you get a bunch of white guys together, they write some crap down on no, a piece of paper. You've got to put robes decide, on. Yeah. You have to put robes on well, first. The, the piece, on the piece of paper, they, t- they say another bunch of white guys, uh, they're in charge of uh, interpreting the piece of paper and the crap that you've written down. It doesn't matter that the treaties written with the Indians are, in fact, a part of that piece of paper. It doesn't matter what you interpret those pieces of paper to mean. It's what these nine guys, uh, nine white guys... Largely. In uh, the Supreme Court say, none of them, I can tell you, are Indian. American Indian. So, a little bit more here. Uh, Opposition was lining up against the plan to tax Indians sold cigarettes to non-Indians. A coalition of convenience stores, business advocates, tobacco manufacturers, and retailers said the bill would give too much power to the governor without the legislature to make agreements or compacts with the tribes. The Enforce the Law, Collect the Tax Coalition, or E. L-C-T-C, also said that Patterson's plan won't work and will provide tribes with loopholes to continue avoiding taxes. See, this is the uh, slave-on-slave mentality, right, Sam? Well, and also, I mean, do these people, these bureaucrats just amaze me here with the way that they're talking. I mean, Mark kind of brought up the point. Do they think that the Supreme Court would apply to Canada? Like, you know, if, if people were going across the border over into Canada to get cigarettes, would they have to pay the tax then? 
Well, no, there's a line there that's more important to them. Oh, okay. So it's because the Indians line who were here first and, you know, have managed to carve that out for themselves because they're surrounded by their bureaucracy. Those are our Indians. (laughs) Oh, okay. We own those Indians. I see now. I, I was a little confused. So, so the other slaves, though, are upset. They formed the Enforce the Law, Collect the Tax Coalition because they're upset that uh, the government, they're not cracking down on the Indians. Uh, they're worried that the tribes will be provided with loopholes to continue avoiding taxes while still giving tribal stores a price advantage. So, again, it's the slave-on-slave mentality mm-hmm. where the people who've been uh, so obedient, and, of course, they tell themselves this story that, well, I'm doing it the right way. I'm mm-hmm. getting my license. And so they jump through all these hoops, they pay the fines, they pay the fees, they get the, pay- the pieces of paper, the permission slips, and then when the Indians don't do the exact same thing, they get very indignant about it. Well, and they're also seeing their business decline 5%, 10%, another $2 tax. There goes another 20% of their of their revenue. And a lot of these corner store uh, groceries and things, they're selling c- cigarettes and beer. I mean, that's what they make their money on. Take those mm-hmm. out and and their, their business model would, yeah. would fall to pieces. So, but how do we, how do we, this is a tough thing to deal with, right? I mean, the slave on slave mentality is, is pretty ingrained in the American people because yeah. it's, it's a jealousy thing. Like, well, I well, was beaten and so you should be beaten as many times. It's fair, right? Like, so the, the government is right and fair and just. And, um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to tax him, you have to, ta- or if you're going to tax me, you have to tax him. Well, what's really right is that, well, the government doesn't have any right to your, your money or your labor. More coming up. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features are free, and there are a lot of them there. So do enjoy those. If you uh, if you enjoy the program, you can help support Free Talk Live by becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show. Get on more radio stations around the country. Bring more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Your three bucks a month can really make a difference for us because, well, we collect other people's three bucks a month and it adds up. Uh, and it makes uh, makes it so we can reach out to radio stations, uh, do industry advertising, attend conventions, and really kind of make a splash in the, the radio industry. And it's been working so far. We're up to 78 radio stations and I think most of them are on board thanks to listeners like you. Thanks to you uh, for going to amp.freetalklive.com and getting on board for 3 bucks a month. You get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only uh, chat room, or excuse me, the amp-only forum. There is an amp chat room, but nobody ever goes there. <laughs> but there's also the amp forum because everybody hangs out in the regular chat room, and that's a darn good time. So uh, amp forum. Oh, amp-only podcast as well, minus the usual podcast commercials. You don't get those in the amp podcast. So just a few perks to uh, sweeten the deal a bit. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up with our brand new system, which is still in the testing phase, but it was it's working. It seems to be uh, functioning. We've now had it on for a full month, 
And so people have been recharged because what, what I was concerned with, well, is, okay, is it actually going to charge people the second time? Are they going to get the charge the second month? And it seems to be functioning. It allows you to go in and, and ch- change your information. It used to be you had to email me, and then when I would get around to it, Wait a week, yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, stuff to do. <laughs> I don't have uh, employees that I can uh, have <laughs> do this stuff, so I would have to actually go and and you know physically, manually go in and enter information into a database and, and do all this work, if you will, if you want to call it. I mean, it's not like it's laying brick, but uh, button pressing. But now the uh, the automation system handles that. You can go in, you need to change a credit card number, go in, change your credit card number. It's not a problem. You don't have to uh, to email me or anything like that. And of course, that makes it uh, secure. Although we had, a, we had a secure system before. It was just some people would email me their credit card numbers like, no, no, you don't have to do that. You could use our secure form, but it was so confusing and people didn't know. And now it's uh, it's much easier. And thanks to our great designers for doing that. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Uh, it lets you upgrade your BBS account and you know get your get your amp perks and put your name on the amp page. You can set your name to be you know whatever you want it to be and that kind of thing. So good stuff. Amp.freetalklive.com. Thanks to everybody that helps out the show. So we're talking about New York. Uh, the story is out of myfoxny.com. There's a little bit more here about the uh, the, the the Indians. They are. They are apparently uh, getting away with not collecting all the taxes that the other stores are collecting. American Indians. Right, right. I'm sorry. Yes. American Indians on the Seneca I mean, Nation. It's It's been said that uh, people from India um, you know, operate convenience stores too, right? It's, it's true. Uh, the, the Seneca Nation uh, is basically saying, screw you to these taxes. We're, we're not going to we're not going to uh, to pay Back your in the taxes. 70s. They uh, you know, put a bunch of burning tires on the road. over right. it. So. <laughs> well, I think they know if they let them get their foot in the door that they're just going to, you know, it's the camel's nose under the tent. Oh, the camel's nose is under the Seneca tent. But uh, <laughs> I think they figured out that uh, you got to keep kicking the nose. Yeah. Well, and, and this is important because it really ties back back in with a discussion we were having earlier in the show. For those of you just tuning in, we we're talking about non-cooperation and how uh, if people stop going along to get along, if people finally say, uh, no, I'm not going to pay your $5 parking ticket or I'm not going to jump through your hoops and get your building uh, permit or whatever. I'm not going to get a permit to put new windows in my house. If you, if you just start saying no to these bureaucrats, if enough people say no, then there's nothing they can do. They can't. They can't. I mean, they're already about to break. The court system is overloaded. The uh, they're they're out of money. At least here in New Hampshire, they're shutting down one day a month because and it's unpaid. It's an unpaid furlough day for the bureaucrats. So they can't handle it right now. And so it only takes a few people to, to actually have the courage and stand up and say no. And of course, once some people do it, then that encourages other people to do it. And that's why I encourage people uh, to 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 do those sorts of things uh, on the air because and I and I set the example as well because it would be silly of me to sit here behind the microphone and say I think you all should do non cooperation. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll do non cooperation and show folks how it's done and, and talk about it on the air and have people like Sam in and Mark in and whoever on uh, people calling into the the show and explaining their experiences with non cooperation and talking about what worked and what didn't work and uh, and and that way we can get this information out there. Because I don't know how soon things are going to change where you are, but I can tell you that here in New Hampshire, as we get more people here as part of the Free State Project, people are going to come up to the Pork Fest here in another couple days this weekend. It's going to be a blast. They're going to see that. They're going to hang out with the really cool activists up here. They're going to be impressed. They're going to move up their plans to get here to New Hampshire. That happens every year. People come up to Pork Fest thinking, oh, well, I've heard this Free State Project really happening. I'm going to come check it out. And then it's... Wow, this really is happening. Something's really going on here. This wasn't just a bunch of guys on the radio talking. There's really a movement. Oh, yeah. 
So you get together with uh, hundreds and soon thousands of other like-minded people, and you start hitting them on the political side with, uh, like they just had the knives, uh, knife, ban, uh, knife ban repealed. Uh, so you can own any knife you want here in uh, New Hampshire and carry any knife uh, that you want, from what I understand. So that's a, a real political success story. So, uh, you know, proof of concept that it is possible. It's not to, the only success the, the, the politicos um, have had. But yeah, yeah, but the other ones are like, yeah, getting somebody elected, uh, stopping a bill. Like, up until the knife thing. It's still going to be most, mostly that, the, st- the bill stopping. The knife thing, I mean, it's still a mitigable success. I don't want to, um, you know, kick any sand They legalized switchblades. Who no oh, one has been convicted of it in more than 50 years. That's okay, Mark, but. I'm just but, saying. Uh, well, no, I understand. It's one less thing that they can hold over people's sure. heads. You're right. right. You're right. And and if you say if you said that in California or one of the <laughs> other places where switchblades are illegal, and, and I'd like to know how many states out of the fifty states are switchblades illegal? In which uh, in how many of those fifty states are they illegal? I don't know, but I, I imagine a lot of them. I bet you it's a lot of them. And if you said something like, "Well, I think we should legalize switchblades here in Florida," but I had one for um, when I was. I'm ta- a kid. not talking about whether you had it or not. I'm saying if you came out and said something, I think we should legalize switchblades. Yeah. People would be like, "What? <laughs> yeah, you're They're right dangerous." <laughs> you're right about that. And there would be incredible amounts of uh, opposition over that kind of a proposal. Here in New Hampshire, apparently, it just sailed right through. The lady, uh, one of the, the free stater uh, representatives, put this, uh, put this bill in, and I, from what I understand, it had no trouble passing. So that, I think, is a real proof of concept. And I was one of the skeptics, right? I mean, you remember a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago or whatever, I was pretty skeptical when, when I was relatively new here in New Hampshire. I was burned out on uh, the political system, and I, I still think it's the most inefficient way to achieve uh, liberty in our lifetime. Um, but we had Dennis Goddard on from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance at nhliberty.org, and he was saying, well, you know, we can make this happen. There's, you know, there's stuff that we can do, and all right, you show me. Show me, Dennis. Prove it. It's been proven as far as I'm concerned. And so, yeah, you're hitting them from the political side of things. You're hitting them from the media side. You've got Obscured Truth. You've got Free Talk Live, all kinds of different media. But There's a new New Hampshire Liberty show well, that just All the on. things that are happening, and it really is happening, are happening with 825 uh, you know, uh, recorded people in the state. It yeah. may, be, may be more than that. So in Free State Pro- uh, the Free State Project is a project to move 20,000. When you're talking about 5,000 people mm-hmm. in state, it's going to be an entirely Huge. different world. And mm-hmm. you're also talking about five years down the line or whatever, because I mean, the Free State Project is, o- is only about 50. 50% of the way to its goal of re- recruiting 20,000 people. Uh, and we need to get there sooner rather than later, but it's a it's a lengthy process. This is a lifetime kind of a, a program here. This takes some time. And so a lot of those 800 people that you're talking about are really still in the initial phases of having just made the move, getting settled, putting some roots down, uh, you know, working at their jobs, moving up in the ranks, getting to managerial positions, starting their own businesses, uh, bringing the family up, that kind of thing. So a lot of those 800 people are probably not devoting, you know, a significant portion of their uh, their time to doing activism. I mean, they're they're the superstars out there, and you know, we talk about them on this uh, this program. But a lot of the other ones might just you know write a letter to the editor or show up at a rally occasionally, that kind of thing. But in the aggregate, it makes a difference. Oh, Having that many difference. people here makes a huge difference. And so you'll see what that's like if you're at the uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival and getting those people to start doing non cooperation would be so critical. I, I saw recently on the on Facebook there was a new Facebook group created. New Hampshire homeschoolers who don't care what the legislature says, something like that. Which is something. <laughs> Why I've hasn't been, Sim, somebody sent me a link to that? I don't know. Look for it. I think uh, Cynthia's got it. Anyway, uh, I think that's great. I've been saying stuff like that on the air. Like, if the New Hampshire government people pass some new homeschool red. Uh, registration act or something like that where it's it becomes even more burdensome uh, to follow the the rules by the state's standards to do homeschooling 
have the homeschoolers just say, F you, we're not going to follow your rules. And what are you going to do about it? How many kids can they really steal from people's parents? And I understand that that's tough for, for people to do, right? Because, you know, you don't want to lose your kid for, for the freedom thing. But on the other hand, if they come in and they steal a kid from a homeschool family that's living in a nice, clean home and a good environment and otherwise everything is, is okay, you know, they're not being beaten uh, with chains and being tied up in the basement. Uh, if, if it's a really uh, upstanding family, and most of the homeschoolers I've met have been very upstanding people, then that will be an incredible story if the, uh, the media, you know, it's going to get media coverage if something like that happens. And these government bureaucrats are slowly starting to learn that you don't want to mess with the freedom activists. That when you mess with the freedom activists, there are consequences. It's a hornet's nest. Yeah, cameras come out. (laughs) Blogs get written. Ridley reports uh, get filed. All kinds of things happen. And they don't want to do that. They want to mess with the people they know they can get away with. They're bullies. Hour 3 is coming up. Sam, you got to run. you got to get packed up for Porkfest. More coming up. Your calls about anything. Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And all the features are completely free on the site. So do enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You know, you actually can create an account on freetalklive.com and then submit show prep suggestions the story that we talked about last hour about the, the New York State increasing the cigarette tax to the point where they now have the record for the most taxed cigarettes in the country, that is something I pulled right off the front page of our website at freetalklive.com. So somebody took the time to set, uh, send that in to our website, and then other listeners voted it up because they liked it, and it made it to the top of our, I think it was like the, the first or second story on the site last night. And so it's listeners like you that are creating, literally creating the content for our website. And thank you so much for going and there. And for the show that. to some extent. Right. And the show as well. It helps influence the things that we will talk about on these very airwaves. In fact, I've got another uh, story here coming up. But Mark, uh, what did you have tonight that uh, that you wanted to talk about? I, I know I just threw this in your lap here. But if you don't have something, I can go to the other story I've got. Well, there, there's... Um there's this the story of, of of an abduction and that on its face sounds horrifying like right? an alien abduction no like a, a, a like child, a government abduction a child thing? being abducted by the government no no um no ian it's i'm, I'm talking about it's a story so right. they're not going to say the government abducted somebody that's you that says stuff like that well no just i'm just asking you what kind of an abduction story it was i mean usually it's somebody claiming it was an alien or it's like dcf coming in and stealing a child from someone right but they but dcf doesn't say things like the government abducted anyone so um, oh right so it's the, that's the term they're using in the news media right because when the, when the government does it it's not abduction it's not kidnapping then it's uh what uh, legal taking or something like that what do they call that <laughs> um I, I confiscation don't, i don't know what we're confiscating they, your child oh, well of course the state actually believes it's it's their child as somebody pointed out apparently when you go to government school as, as a parent when you uh i didn't know this 
because I've never had a, a child that I've – and I, if I did, I certainly wouldn't send them to government school. But apparently you have to register your child in order to send them to school, like, like you register a car. I have no idea. I've, I've never heard that either. No, no, we heard it the other week on the show. Do you remember that? Somebody pointed that out. You actually have to register your child with the state. And when you do that, you're essentially saying, yeah, you own the, this child, basically. In the same way that when you register your car uh, with the state, you're turning over to them a uh, title to the car. That's why you get a certificate of title. You don't get the actual title. So I've heard. Um, you know, I've always. It's true. Uh, Look, uh, it's a certificate of title. Yeah, yeah. I've I, I've heard. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, it's 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 always kind of weird. I I think I own the car, but you know, they they certainly oh, you're act responsible like they, for it. They certainly act like you. Um, you know, they own everything of yours. You're the, you're the possessor. Uh, you you're responsible for taking care of the car. If the car breaks down, the state's not going to pay to fix it. Uh, in the same way that uh, you're responsible for making sure your kids' teeth uh, are taken care of and your kids are taken care of. Uh, and the, you know, I guess the state will pay sure. for some of that stuff. It takes a village to raise a child, but you have to pay for it all. I guess is yeah. the idea. Um, but if know, they I'm, decide you don't, if they decide they don't like the way you're doing it, then they'll come in and take right. And, take and then, of course, you know, send them off someplace that they'll get sodomized and uh, you know have horrible nightmares about and things like that. Um, you know, what, what one thing that I've always thought though strange was the sort of licensing of a dog. Isn't that strange to you? You have to ask permission. Essentially, you have to be licensed to own a dog. In some cases, a cat. But, uh, you know, like it, the same place, um, places, for instance, where you can own a dog, um, you'd have to get licensed to own a dog. You can own chickens or cows or horses or all kinds of things where you don't have to have a license. And, you know, licensed to, to own a dog, but you don't have to be licensed to have a kid. Isn't this all kind of weird no, it's and all strange? Arbitrary. It's, it's all completely arbitrary. And, and as you pointed out before, Mark, the dog licensing is really just about it's, – it's always about control and money. As we pointed out earlier tonight – uh, it's the, uh, the guy that called in to, to, to tell us about uh, his story with the car registration and uh, suspended driver's license. It's all about money. It's not about obedience. Uh, or excuse me, it is about obedience and it's about money. And that's what it was with me. They, uh, they threatened to suspend my license and I called them up and I, and I asked them that on the phone. I said, well, wait a minute. You guys are calling yourselves the Department of Safety. What is it about this situation that is unsafe? Is, isn't this about money? Isn't this about obedience? She couldn't deny it. She wouldn't even try. <laughs> she couldn't deny it. It's all about jumping through the hoops. You have, you're having trouble with your article, yeah? I don't, I'm having trouble with the, the interwebs entirely. All right, not a problem. I've got a story here, and we've been telling you about... We're talking about non-cooperation a lot here tonight on, uh, on this program. You okay over there? <laughs> now making it gestures. Just, I don't know. Just as soon as uh, you know, I say that I'm having a problem with the internet, it, it loads. There you go. Let's do your thing. Okay. Go ahead. You, you're having trouble still. Yeah. All right. Well, we're just not going to bother with that. Uh, all right. So Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com, Los Angeles, Earl Stein's display cases once brimmed with varieties of medical marijuana, but stray multicolored pipes and other pot smoking paraphernalia were all that remained earlier this month. He said, I've emptied the store pretty much. Mr. Stein's Organic Pharmacy is one of more than 400 medical marijuana dispensaries the city council aimed to shut down with an ordinance that took effect recently, as we've talked to you about it uh, on this program. It's absolutely despicable on the part of these politicians in California, and it really goes to show how difficult the legal process is to deal with. Now, I praised it a moment ago. I praised it here in New Hampshire. I praised it. Yeah, okay, they, they did something good with the, the knife law. They got the knife ban, uh, the switchblade ban repealed or whatever. You can carry any law, any uh, knife that you want. Yeah, like the legislative process. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the whole legal process of, of changing laws is so arduous, so difficult. In California, 
They went through so much trouble to get this Proposition 215 passed in the late 1990s. And then they continued to go through hassles to actually get their so-called law enforced. You know how all these cops like to say, well, I'm just doing my job. We're just following orders. We're just enforcing the law. If you don't like it, take it up with the legislature. They've got all these uh, excuses. As to why, right. These cliches, uh, cliched excuses as to why they can do what they're doing. But then when the legislature passes or excuse me it wasn't wasn't the legislature was it the legislature that did prop no that was proposition 215 that was, was on a, the ballot yeah that was a referendum uh but it's still the law, right? Right, sure. Uh, sure it is. Right. And it's, it, to me, the most legitimate sort of law because it's not passed by the legislature. It's, it's passed by the, the, the people. Now, and it's an increase in freedom rather than a, a, a decrease. So, so it's still the law, but the cops didn't want to implement it. <laughs> the cops kept, kept arresting people. And they kept on doing that for about a decade until finally... You know, over time, it slowly wound down and things things ch- started to change. But it took a decade past, pretty much, past the point where they actually passed Proposition 215 for that to actually really come into uh, to serious effect in California. But it's not over there. You'd think, you'd think, oh, great, you know, throw your victory party. You've got it, man. You've got medical marijuana. Now, of course, I would rather have full drug decriminalization across the board. But that's something. It's something worth crowing about. You've got medical marijuana in California, and it started off, uh, you know, uh, other state governments following in suit and some other propositions and other ballots. And in, in some cases, state legislatures in other places in the country passing similar legislation. So it's, it's, it's been a success story for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's 13 or 14 states. But then... You've got the city council in California, in uh, Los Angeles, because politicians know everything. They've decided that, well, we think this has gone a bit too far. We, we think this whole medical marijuana thing has gone a little too far. We've got too many mar- marijuana dispensaries around the city. We need to, we need to clean up the city of the, these horrible medical uh, dispensaries where people with multiple sclerosis and glaucoma and uh, uh, various other terrible uh, cancer AIDS, people can go to to get this medicine. We need to shut them down. I mean... It's crazy. How could they even think to take a position like that after so many years of, uh, of things going in the right direction for medical marijuana in California? After tremendous level of popularity, the, the, there were a th- almost a thousand stores, a thousand dispensaries in the Los Angeles area. That's an indicator of something. The indicator is this product is in demand. People want this stuff. People want this. This is a popular product. But yet they are taking a stand, and they're saying, "No, no, no, we're not saying you can't have medical marijuana. You, you can. You still, just can't buy it anywhere. Right? You can still have it, but you've got to go. Oh, you want to know where the nearest facility is? Well, it's down there in that industrial district. You got to go back through the alleyway, cut in across uh, the old rickety, uh, you know, the the crappy road there. Uh, open the shoddy door into this cr- uh, cruddy area of uh, the town, and and go into this ugly interior. They're, they're relegating the medical marijuana dispensaries away from main streets and drags and, and, and actual roadsides, and they're putting them back in the industrial zones and. The, apparently, the pot clinics are pretty upset. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. And sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. 
Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. We mean it. You can really call in and bring up pretty much whatever you want. 800 259 9231, the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the site for free. So, other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites. We've got more for free than they charge you for. I guarantee it or your money back. <laughs> freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use coupon code FTL, that's FTL as in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want to start a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. Get your first month free with code FTL. All right, the toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. I'll tell you what, we're going to come back to the story about Los Angeles. We've got Chris who's been waiting patiently here. By the way, the, the, please, if you come into the Free Talk Live chat room, don't send me a private message saying, hey, will you talk about this? This is a talk radio show. We've got phone lines, and you're welcome to call in and use them anytime you want to. Now, I know that you might be nervous. It is, there are people listening, but they don't know who you are. <laughs> you don't have to give your real name. If you get a little nervous, that's okay. I, I was getting a little nervous when I called in the other night. I called the Sunday show when the guys were on and we talked to them for a little bit. And even I was a little bit uh, nervous. Nervous calling into your own show. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, there's a little adrenaline rush about, for whatever reason, I have no problem sitting behind the microphone, but sometimes I get a little butterflies. When yeah, it's the, it's the, the telephone radio. part of it. Yeah. So I don't know what it is about it. I don't understand it, but it's fun. Anyway, 800-259-9231. Let's go to Chris in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hey guys, how's it going? Chris, what's on your mind? Well, I just sent a link to Mark. Um, there's a case, or I guess you can call it a case, in Indonesia where there's, they have, uh, there's parents with a two-year-old child, and the child is a regular smoker. The kid smokes 40 cigarettes a day, according what? to these articles. Yeah, And I didn't believe it, so I had to go online, went to YouTube, and there it was, a little kid smoking away. You should see him. He's got, he's got the cigarette there. He's, all, he's got the manual dexterity down like the kid. It, it, lo- it looks amazing, but I feel bad. I mean, the poor kid. You know, and he, he loves it, right? He doesn't know any better. Jeez. Yeah, it's so, both amazing and horrifying at the same it time. It is. It is. So, uh, I mean, what do you think? Like, uh, to me, this is child abuse. Um, but, I mean, what do you do, right? I mean, I, I don't know, but... I would leave well, people let me, alone. Let, let, me, let me address this part. I mean, we know that the parents that... <laughs> Well, I, just watched, searched, I just oh, searched for it. Um, yeah. He's a little chubby. <laughs> he needs to smoke chubby. a few more. Well, he and, needs a truck to get around. I mean, he's, he's kind of out of shape, you know. And, and well, this is part, what I'm going to bring up is not only um, – let's, let's take this and apply it to someplace else. Being obese uh, will end your life just assuredly as just as quickly as being as smoking so feeding your kids hamburgers or whatever it is that that people decide to feed their kids and we know we know that fat children grow up to be fat adults there's that's science well and we know that uh american people and american children are overwhelmingly fat i mean compared to other countries we're very well fed in america so um what i i guess i'd like to apply this principle to other areas and i mean there's there's other things that people do that's Mm -hmm. dangerous with their children like put them in cars and uh things like that i I imagine indonesia you don't have to have a car seat 
So, mm. you know, what else is is child abuse? I mean, I agree with you that this is mm. whoever, know, the line? whoever the gave line? this kid a lit cigarette at uh, 19 months or whatever it was is it, it needs their head examined. But, you know, what's child abuse? Well, I think, um, yeah, if you feed a kid hamburgers, on one level you can argue there's a little bit of nourishment there. But, I mean, any, any single, any cigarette, any levels of cigarette is going to harm a child, period. But and being fat is going to harm a child, too. I, Ian's the one who threw in hamburgers. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to not have my discussion derailed by my, uh, my co-host here. I'm asking you, fat, I'm telling you, fat kids yeah. grow up to be fat adults. No, and they do. It, uh, and so, therefore, um, they, they have just as much of an opportunity to turn their life around as a kid who smokes. They, he can stop smoking if that's what he mm-hmm. choose to, chooses to do. But the parents of a fat child are putting this life in danger just as assuredly and just as much as a, as a parent who lit a cigarette and gave it to a 20-month-old child. Your thoughts? Oh, my thoughts. Um, yeah, I'm talking to you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Um, no, I just, I'm just thinking. This kid didn't have a choice when he was really young. I mean, you know, like, what's, there's something wrong with the parents. I mean, they're giving a child a cereal, like, like for what, for kicks? I mean, do they not think it's, it's even slightly harmful? I mean, 40 cigarettes a day. I mean, sooner or later, this kid, this kid's not going to make it to 10. I mean, how is that possible? 40 cigarettes a day. I mean, if that's the case. oh, he'll make it to 10. Um, but you know, <laughs> the the human animal on up to 35 is a very resilient critter. Um, don't worry about it. The kid will make it to uh, to, to 10. But you know, and I, as I understand it, the the father actually gave the kid the cigarette because he was interested in it and he just want to make sure he didn't get a hold of mm-hmm. it or something like that. But it doesn't really matter the reasons. You're still arguing about cigarettes and you're not addressing the issue of parents that overfeed their fat little children and i'm telling you it's mm-hmm. just are you ready to confiscate the children no i'm not i'm not i guess i guess for me that's the line where any level of cigarettes is never good but big Macs on some level you can argue that they are nourishing right well you you already so, made that point my child has never touched a candy bar what about uh what about parents that i i don't think it's a good idea to give your kids candy i you know no, i don't either no, and, and so not. therefore what is one going to make the same argument about nourishment for a Hershey bar? We're, you're right. We're talking about we're talking about choices on the part of uh, parents, and we're talking mm-hmm. that some parents disagree with other parents' choices. Uh, some and parents... I disagree with these people's choices. Sure, sure, yeah. but but it, but it's important that we allow other people to make decisions for themselves. And if it's really that important to you, and you live nearby these folks, then you could do some things. You could uh, aside from kidnapping the children. No, uh, no, I agree, Ian. You're right. No, that's the thing. I wouldn't. My, my number one thing wouldn't be to call the cops and say arrest these people, throw them in jail. I would try and reason with them. Right. I don't know, and stay, you know, approach them, and but not. Push like you, you yeah. Know. If you're a fr- if you're a friend with them or you're a neighbor or something like that, you could let them know how you feel and you could uh, tell them that uh, maybe they don't realize how dangerous they are. Although I, I find that hard to believe. Uh, mm-hmm. You could you could <laughs> certainly tell them how you feel about it. And you could say, well, look, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really like this, uh, and I don't really feel like we we can we can be seen together or I can uh, I can be friendly with you uh, until you stop harming your children like this. And and uh, you could take that level of ostracism as far as the community is willing to take it. I mean. Presumably, other people in the area would agree with you that this is uh, reprehensible behavior, and that uh, you could sort you could engage in some sort of campaign of ostracism. Look, you know, we're we're not going to uh, to sell you whatever it is you want to buy anymore. I mean, we'll we'll sell you the most basic food items so you can survive. But uh, you know, at my store, you're, we're not going to let you shop here. How that about kind this of thing. nice easy one? No For more cigarettes guys, sold to you or your family. No more cigarettes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well. 
but there's always be someone that someone will, will do it. Yeah. yeah, somebody's gonna. Oh, wait a second. These parents aren't gonna go through all the trouble to get their kid cigarettes if it if it gets harder and harder. Um, I mean, but they said they already tried to stop him, buddy. But they say, oh, he's totally addicted. If he doesn't get cigarettes, he gets angry and screams and bats his head around. Well, he whatever. is two I mean, years old. The kid I is two. If, he does. if you can't control your kid, there's something wrong with you. I mean, yeah. he's two. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two. Crazy story. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, and actually, if you look for this video, finally, it took me three tries to get it. If you look for, uh, if you search for two, uh, two-year-old, I put two, the number two YR old smoker in uh, YouTube. It's actually not the first video. It's the third one down. It's got about four million views. It looks like what happened was a couple of guys made videos, and then they took the they took the frame from the fat kid smoking, and they put it on as their friend, their featured frame to try to get you to watch their videos, and it worked because they've got almost a million views each. Uh, and they're just blabbing about something. I don't know what it was. But, yeah, this boy, a uh, pretty chubby little kid smoking cigarettes here. 1-800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kid Essentials, the nutritionally complete drink with 25 essential vitamins and minerals and probiotics to help support your child's healthy growth. Visit us at kidessentials.com. Calling certain foods bad or good doesn't go very far in helping kids understand about balanced diets. Discuss the powers of foods. Carrots are good for your eyes, fish keeps your heart strong, and how they work together to help kids grow, and they'll remember it even better. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, where you'll find features like our listening options, live streams, We've got them. Broadband, dial-up version. You choose whichever one fits your internet connection best. Also, our webcam is available plus listen lines. So if you don't have an internet connection nearby, you can call up on your phone. Any phone that can dial long distance, you can listen to Free Talk Live around the clock, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And it's all free. Well, unless you have to pay for long distance. At freetalklive.com, you can actually go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more and get tuned in online. Listen freetalklive.com liberty stickers mark what are they well it's it's a website libertystickers.com you can uh, be, you can get the liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece you can do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com they have hundreds and hundreds of different liberty sayings you can check them out and let your voice be heard at libertystickers.com i've got a couple of their stickers on my car as a matter of fact and uh, you can find the ones that are right for you at libertystickers.com all right, toll-free number is 800-259-9231. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep the, uh, the L.A. pot update on hold here as we continue with your calls. Ryan is on the line in Virginia. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live. Ryan in Virginia, going once. Hey, hey guys. Hey, you're on the air. What's I, on your mind? I, I wanted to call up because I was the guy who called last night and talked about uh, moving away from the Liberty message. Yeah, okay. and I've been and, thinking about it really hard ever since. This is something that's been bothering me just just a, just a lot. I think I realized the the, the nut of the issue. Um, I think liberty people are really really weak on fraud. I mean, they give it lip service, but everybody's looking to minimize force, but they don't see fraud as force. Oh, I'm pretty sure that most uh, liberty minded people I know are very much against fraud. 
In well, fact, what, about somebody sell, what about somebody selling a product that doesn't do what they said it does? In fact, I know that the, uh, the liberty-minded people around here have uh, ostracized people that have engaged in fraud. Well, um, I'd like um, I'd like to address what you've just asked. What about people who are selling a product that doesn't do what they say it does? And I think that uh, you know false advertising. I, I think that people absolutely have this sort of innate feeling that that's wrong, that's fraud, and that that would be taken to whatever uh, dispute resolution organization existed at the time. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you sell a tonic that's supposed to grow hair, and I use the tonic and it doesn't grow hair, then um, I should be able to take you to court and we'll find out whether or not your tonic grows hair. Well, yes, and um, but um, obviously, and but I don't see any, anybody in the liberty community talking about mechanisms where that can happen particularly how that can happen better than it's currently happening as we try to transition toward more freedom for everybody. I'll tell you right now, um, I, 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 you know, fine, I, I'm, I'd love to address this issue. The fact is that the court systems as they exist today are a monopoly. And um, what provides the, the worst kind of service that you can find? I, I totally get what you're saying. Monopolies monopoly. do. So, but, um, well, if you, the, the issue is... Wait, 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 let me to, finish. Um, so if there's some competition, call them arbitration organizations. If there's, yeah. ar- if there's competition, then whatever dispute resolution organizations manage to make it will provide better service. And that service will be something superior to what we have today, which is a system where you need to have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, to get your case through. And uh, then maybe you'll get uh, something that looks like justice if, uh, if, if the other side doesn't have better lawyers or whatever. So one would, one would theorize that in a place where, in, a, in, a, in a, play, a marketplace where justice was a commodity that people wanted to buy, that they would get better um, you know, justice with more choices, with competition in the marketplace. So therefore, people will get uh, better justice at a lower price. That's, uh, that's that's a very pretty theory. Um, I have a feeling that it's going to look a lot like. Uh, no, He's I mean, I, well, yeah, I think it's going to sound better. I think it's going to be better. But okay. I don't think it's going to be very good, well, particularly but in it's the case. Better, okay, great. As long as we can, as long as we can eliminate the coercion, that's all I'm really concerned with. Because then the marketplace will take care of itself. In fact, let's look at today but what's it's, happening. It's not going to eliminate the coercion because it's not going to eliminate the fraud, which is coercion. It's well, just from a different no, agency. Well, co- Coercion is really like aggressive force. Fraud is just fraud. It's too. Uh, fraud is coercion. That's what I'm saying. They are exactly the same. I thing. don't think Morally, they're exactly they're the, same the same thing. because you're not being forced to purchase the product that you're being defrauded into. You're being tricked you're being, into purchasing you're being, it. Yes, you're being but, tricked, which is exactly what coercion, like being coercion is, is force. And this is the soft attitude about fraud that I'm talking about. Uh, no, there's, there's no attitude here. No, no, Ryan, life. there's no attitude. Yeah. I'm just telling you there's a difference between coercing someone and defrauding them. You're trying to say they're the not same morally, thing. No. It's not an attitude. I think if you want somebody to do something and you put a gun to their head and say, do this, is morally equivalent to tricking them into doing it. No, it's not equivalent because buyer can, beware. Right, ca- you can force me over and over again. You can only trick me a couple of times. Now, Ryan. look, Ryan, let's talk uh, about what's going on okay. here right now. You have the ability when someone presents you with a product, if somebody walks up to your front door and See, knocks and on it, Ryan, hold on, dude. Let me explain something to you. 
If somebody uh, walks I'm, up I'm to your door and knocks on it, and you come to the door, and he says, "Hey, I just got this meat. Uh, you know, it's in the back of my truck. Uh, I got to, I got to sell it for the end of the day. Here, it's really cheap." You don't have to say yes. It's the best meat in the world. You don't have to say yes. I'm going to buy that. You can say no, thanks. Maybe another time. And if you really want to know what's going on, now you have this neat thing called the internet, where you can go Absolutely. and you can research companies and, that, and you can look into things and you can learn. Well, well, Absolutely. And here's what I'm saying about the soft attitude about that guy. What that guy did in even trying to get me to buy that product is morally wrong and needs to be punished. What kind of punishment would you suggest? Make him stop selling that. No. I don't want to make anybody do anything. It's not getting punished today, okay? People are driving around selling meat door to door. Right, Ryan, we're not talking about heaven. You can go to heaven when you die, dude. We're talking about a system that's superior to what we have today. Look, yeah, because but, but look, look. okay, here, hold on, hold on, hold on. We've all gotten very emotional. Let me, hold, let me back off for one second. Um, I keep getting bogged down in specifics. Um, I agree that a, a, a system of total liberty would be better than what we have now. What I'm not sure about is that any incremental step towards that is going to be anything but worse for us than it is today. Well, absolutely. You the unwrapping a, of, of coercion and tyranny that we have uh, here in this country and all, and all around it's gonna be is a bumpy something road. that needs to be done carefully and it needs to be done you know, it needs to be done by people who have, a, who have a long view. But it needs to be well, done because if you don't do anything, it's not going to be done by saying, Brian, it's not going to get done by people who say, well, it's not worth doing because it's going to be done poorly. I'm not saying it's not worth doing. I just don't, I don't hear people talking about that. I don't hear... Well, aren't um, we talking about it right now? Well, yes, and that's why we've I talked about to bring fraud it up. on so this show. We've about. talked about fraudulent products well, on this wait. show before. Um, but I, every time you, every time I hear it talked about, I hear we've talked beware. about network well, marketing. We, we spent an entire show, Ryan. We talked. We spent an entire show talking one. about people selling I, questionable I, I, products, Ryan. We spent an entire show telling people about questionable products being sold door to door. I'm not, I'm not talking about questionable products. I'm talking about the idea. We've spent, guess, uh, we've spent go, time, but that's what we were talking about. I mean, you're saying it's not being talked about. You're saying fraud's no, no, not no, being I'm talked not, about, and I'm just telling you we've no, talked I'm about it extensively. I'm not saying that fraud's not being talked about. I'm saying that the fact that unwinding from the current coercive system, we have to be really careful doing it, otherwise it's going Great. to make Let's be careful work. doing it. Fine. What, Ryan, no, it's not even an option right now. I mean, I for you not. living in South Carolina or North Carolina, wherever you called from, and I, I can't remember, um, and everybody in all 49 states and every country around the world, um, besides the, the geopolitical place called New Hampshire, you don't need to worry about what it's, a, what it's like to unwrap government because it's not a problem you're going to face in your lifetime. You either support Unless you it, pick well, up sure and move to New Hampshire, but, you're not going to face this issue. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sign of the Free State Project. I haven't right. moved yet. I have quite many things going on. I, I, well, I, I'm just saying that. And, and it, is, it is something that's absolutely getting talked uh, about here I, I by the people the, that are the, participating in the political uh, you know, organization. Okay. There's a guy I, being ostracized on Facebook right now for, uh, for engaging in fraud. So not, this stuff I'm happens. Not about, I'm not talking about this. Well, okay. Um, How about this? You I, get your thoughts together and call us another time. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I think he's got real, um, you know, real points that need to be addressed. It's just that, you know, it, it's Well, he's it's accusing scary. us of not the addressing it. freedom is scary he's, because... He's accusing us of not addressing these things, and they've absolutely been addressed. Hey, if you want to do a show about addressing fraud all the time, get, it, get on there, man. Get up behind a microphone and start that show.
one eight. We've talked about these things, and we will in the future. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You know what, Mark? I hope that Ryan proves me wrong. Uh, someday, because I don't believe him when he says he's a member of the Free State Project. You don't believe him when he says he's a libertarian. Either, I don't right? believe him when he says he's a libertarian. I, I don't think that you could you could be a libertarian and possibly say that uh, you know you're worried about moving toward freedom because it might be a bumpy road. I think for one, uh, you're quick to uh, to pull someone's libertarian card as as fast as you possibly can. You've you've attempted to to snatch mine and tear it up a hundred times more. So um, I, you know, I I don't uh, you know the, what's your little your little feeling? <laughs> no, I, I, I've I've seen too many times. Uh, I hope he shows up at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival or the Liberty Forum. And uh, and comes in, sits down on the show, and and talks to us in that set in that setting, and then maybe it won't be as intense of uh, of a conversation because I, I feel uh, you, you mean maybe you'll be able to calm down. You, you feel like I, I was uh, losing it a little bit there. Yeah, you, you, you we're just, you're just not communicating with the guy. No, and it didn't feel like he wanted to communicate, and uh, maybe I didn't want to communicate either. I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't I'll ever feel you, right he, coming out of a conversation with he him. He was slippery, right? He calls in, um, you know, about uh, you know the marketplace uh, regulating itself on uh, fraud, and then um, the marketplace regu- regulating itself on uh, you know justice, and and so it, like he slipped. Well, right, yeah. In the very beginning, there, I think but, that's one of the things that upset me the most was to equate coercion with fraud. That that was in the beginning of the conversation that upsets me uh because coercion is not is not it's not fraud uh, the act of coercing is the use of force or intimidation to obtain compliance well just because he wasn't playing your version of jeopardy doesn't mean that um you know he's a bad guy or he's wrong or I he's didn't lying say he was to a you. bad guy I, well i'm just saying that <laughs> he calls that coercion fine uh, you know he's wrong on the definition okay that doesn't mean that you know the guy doesn't get a chance to talk number two well, clearly i got a, got a chance to spend the segment with him uh and he'll call back Number two, force or the power to use force in gaining compliance as by a government or police force. I think the, one of the first things you'll hear us say on this program is that the free market isn't the, is not a utopia. Once you get rid of coercion in the, the form of the violent monopoly, you still have to deal with coercion from private individuals and you still absolutely have to deal with fraud. There's still going to be problems in the world. It's just that we don't think those of us who love liberty don't think that the violent monopoly institutionalizing violence is the way to solve the, the world's problems. And I think there's plenty of evidence to back that up. And in the aggregate, having not having a violent monopoly around to threaten people uh, with, with harm to their livelihoods and their personal uh, selves and their freedom, if they don't do X, Y, and Z or not do A, B, and C – is uh, is you know it's, it's a terrible offense against humanity. It's a it's an offense against uh, what is right and good. And so if we can uh, bring people to the point where they understand this and where they embrace the idea of voluntary interaction between human beings and reject the ancient idea of the state, this terrible concept that has run its course and should have been abolished decades ago, if not hundreds of years ago, now is the time to move on beyond that. And then we get to deal with the other problems like fraud. 
And then we get the marketplace coming up with solutions. You touched on this, where you've got com- competition. You mentioned arbitration, but also, of course, competition in uh, third-party certification. You've got consumer reports now, and you've got underwriters' laboratories and ETL and some other third-party testing organizations that do a pretty good job of uh, keeping an eye on, on companies. Well, you'd have more of that in the absence of the government. Because when the government's around, people get this false sense of security, like they did with the BP thing. Mm. Oh, well, the government's out there keeping things safe, so we don't need to have uh, our own insurance company company checking things out or whatever. Oh, well, the government's out there uh, keeping restaurants safe, so we don't need to have an independent firm going around testing, uh, checking restaurants to make sure the kitchens are clean, they don't have rats running across the floor, that kind of thing. We don't need that. The government's there doing it. But of course, as we've pointed out, and as restaurateurs have called in, and people that work in uh, the restaurant industry have called in and said, well, the government inspector comes by once a year and he calls first. And then he comes and he looks at the ceiling tiles, sits down, eats a free meal, and then leaves. That's not doing much so of course you have to ask yourself well why is it that people aren't getting poisoned well it's because business owners don't want to poison their customers they want for the most part to treat them right yes there are some snake oil salesmen out there yes Yes. there are some dangerous people but they don't generally set up shop in one physical location and uh and attempt to do business for a lengthy period of time well yeah because it's not going to work for them you can't build up renown you know the, the, the flippant attitude i suppose um that um you know ryan's talking about here is you know i absolutely believe that somebody needs to be punished and punished severely for using violence. But I don't think a property crime is as big of a deal. You know, when you're talking about uh, people that steal, that's one thing. But I don't think fraud, I, I don't think fraud reaches the level of sort of theft and burglary and property damage and things like that. Why? Because you have the opportunity to research a product before you buy it. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to stop buying a product once you've purchased it. Uh, you, you know, I mean, the larger the item and I think the bigger the, the, the issue of fraud. And I do think you can take it to court. But if I'm buying a hair tonic that doesn't grow hair that said they were going to grow hair, would I take the time necessarily to take them to arbitration? To get your 10 bucks back? You know, this is this is it. You know, that's why hustlers tend to hustle for small amounts of money. And, it's just not worth going after it otherwise. And, and I don't, I would not get any satisfaction from having the hair tonic salesman sitting in a jail cell. I mean, that's not, I don't know if that's what Ryan was suggesting, but that's, you know, he really seemed like he wanted to go after him and get him somehow. Well, what were you, what are you going to get him for? They probably don't have much money to their name. Uh, and so if you get your 10 bucks back, okay, great. You got your 10 bucks back. I think it would be more important to fight fraud with free speech and to, uh, to expose the fraudsters. I mean, I love those segments on, uh, like, you know, the look, News Channel 8 exposes the, Whatever fraudulent business is going on, man, who who doesn't tune in for that stuff? I mean, have you, have you ever sat there and watched uh, sure. t- network television uh, at nighttime and they put one of those 15 seconds? Tonight, News Channel 8 exposes these car uh, paint places. The uh, paint washes off right after you get the... Whatever. You know, some sort of silly fraudulent thing. Uh, and, and you tune in for that stuff. Now, if they didn't have the government to talk about, because it's always the least... And that, by the way, is one of the ways the marketplace would deal with fraud. Um, and, you know, Exposure. Without, yeah, absolutely. Shine the light of, of day. Think about... If you didn't have uh, the government to, you know, the news, the news didn't have the government to report on, think about what they'd have to report on. Everything else. Everything else that people are interested in. And you know what people are interested in? Not getting ripped off. Now, they may not want to do a whole lot of research, and that's why people get ripped off. It's because they believe what they're being told, and they presume that, well, this guy's a nice salesman. He must be telling me the truth. Oh, he's so nice. I like his smile. Uh, well, okay, fine. You know, buyer beware. Caveat emptor. Uh and, and it's organizations like Consumer Reports and like these local news media. And these are people – this would be far more popular. Can you imagine getting a – I mean, newspaper. Newspapers are dying. But can you imagine getting a newspaper in the morning and having the front page some businessman's picture for being a scumbag? 
for, for ripping off old ladies or something like that. Boy, is he going to have a tough time getting a drink at a bar when he, you know, when he walks in there? Of course he is. People are going to know who that guy is, especially in smaller areas. Yep. Things get a little more difficult in a place like New York City. Uh, but I trust the marketplace to come up with whatever the mechanisms are that would be necessary to verify people's reputation. And it's been talked about a lot, I think, on uh, across the Liberty programming out there. I know that LRN.FM has shows like Stefan Molyneux. Uh, he talks a lot about the idea of uh, dispute resolution organizations and and uh, the the idea of having reputation ratings has been discussed frequently on this program over the years. It's not that different from a credit rating, except better because there'd be more uh, ratings out there and uh, there wouldn't be three companies running it. I don't think uh, you've already got websites popping up that allow you to rate people's reputation. That's that's the genesis of uh, of that idea. People in New Hampshire are talking about an activist reputation system because sometimes people come in here and they do scummy things. You know, they, they get accepted into the group of, uh, of liberty activists because they portray themselves as a liberty Which activist. Which is an enviable place to be. Right. And then they take advantage of the fact that there's, there are allegations today that uh, a guy ripped off his roommates. And that uh, they put him in charge of one thing and that was paying the bills. And it's always a bad idea. If you don't know somebody and you don't know their reputation... Don't put them in charge of paying the bills. I had that happen with me when I was uh, in my early 20s. I had a roommate, and he had the bills in his name, and we were giving him money to, uh, to pay the bills. Turns out he was spending the money on drugs, and, which is exactly what happened in this story out of Manchester with the, the so-called free stater. Well, you don't, you don't know what has actually happened. I mean, oh, I know what was happening. He called, uh, called once because he got so strung out on uh, whatever it was he was taking, he ended up allegedly in his truck without his wallet so he couldn't uh, start his truck to get back home. So we had to go out and rescue his Are you ass. talking about your, your roommate? My roommate. Right. I'm talking about what's going on in Manchester. Oh, what, 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 I'm sorry. What you don't know the specifics of that situation. No, so. but I, I know that I trust some of the people who've told me things about it. And, and I have no their reason reputations to dis- on the line when right. they, um, you know, say that somebody else's, right. you know, reputation is bad. I have no reason to disbelieve what they're saying about him. And I've had it happen to me. Is what I'm saying. I've had a roommate take that money. Mean that it happened. It means I can understand. Yes. And I trust the people that said it happened. So that's good enough for me. Okay. And and uh, and so I understand what it's like. The the guy that I was uh, roommates with took the money and he spent it on uh, drugs and we we ended up breaking into his room after he went on another binge, uh, found piles of clothes everywhere. The guy never washed a a shirt. He just threw his dirty clothes uh, all around the room. It was terrible. And so we found the bills and when I paid the damn bills, even though I'd already paid once for them, we're out of time. And so the marketplace will figure out ways to deal with that and uh, leave it to the, the market instead of the violent monopoly and you'll get better results every time. Anyway, it's been Ian and Mark. See you tomorrow night live from Porkfest.